Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 225 of the Fake Nerd Podcast, where we are going to discuss a vision of a promising young woman, which may or may not be what you want. Uh, (laughs) But we're going to get into that. And I am Sparks Witty. I am joined today, of course, by Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello. And Brandon T. McClure. Hello. With his luscious locks. And Ben Magnet. Hello. With locks. (laughs) I mean, my hair is the longest out of all of us. I was like, oh, I don't get luscious locks. I'm sad now. I I cut my, I got my hair cut. I was about to say, I was going to say that earlier today. I was like, well, you got a haircut. And I'm like, by my mama, (laughs) who is not a professional haircutter. And she said, I'm nervous. And I said, I don't care as long as it's short. (laughs) Actually, my mom used to cut for the longest time. For years, my parents would never take me to a professional haircutter. Not because I wanted to go to a professional ha- uh, hairdresser. It's only because like my mom was like, I know how to cut people's hair because growing up in Montana, that was something she learns because the nearest barber was like 45 minutes away. In the snow. Yeah, in the snow. So she would cut my hair for years. And then finally, I started going to a dresser. When this, when this pandemic started, Zara cut my hair. I don't know if you guys remember this. But she cut my hair. And it happened once. And I said never again. Never again. That's why I, uh, I'm sure I don't remember if it was good or bad, but that there's a reason people go to school for that kind of thing. Yeah. Because the style takes, you know, takes effort. <laughs> we, we, you know, we did the razor on everything and then just like tried to make the top even. And that was the end of the day. There you go. And I, and I was like, it's not in my face. I don't give a shit. Yep. This oh, is, God. this is driving me crazy. Just no, the- no. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So one time my brother cut my hair. And this was back when we were, when he was like in middle school. I was in high school. He was in middle school, and he had like you know those razors for those like those straight edge razors that help you. Make, I don't sheer. I don't know. And uh, I remember he was like, "Ben, I want to cut your hair." I'm like, "No, let me cut your hair." No, I'll let you do. Some, I'll let you. He'll like give me something. I forgot what it was. I'm like, "Okay, fine." And then right in the middle when he was cutting it, I heard this. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, that was a good sign. They want to go that because, of course, we did it outside in the backyard with no mirrors, so I couldn't see what was going on. And then the thing goes, "Uh, I'm like, what'd you do?" He's like, "Uh, what did you do, Ray? What every, did you do?" Every six months, we have like a, a minor uh, hair podcast. I feel like, yeah, uh, yeah. Just and, it's like, and it's like now, like we're it's because it's because we're in the quarantine, yeah. and so it's like we're all, oh, who gets to do <laughs> something today? <laughs> who gets privileged to get a haircut today uh okay let's get into our week though there's no links in the description and there's no new announcements this week so we'll uh we'll save those for next time stay yeah. tuned for other stuff uh there are, there are that doesn't mean that there aren't other things coming because there are plenty of things oh, still for sure of course uh i think we're all in agreement we're gonna do wandavision weekly we just did not have time to record it yet yes but there'll be probably soon yeah. there'll be a new fickner's watch for wandavision absolutely i'll go first because I probably did the least. I don't know. I bet it. Uh, <laughs> I bet it. Uh, <laughs> um, I at least at least the least amount of new. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, so I I my week was largely chores. It was either cleaning this house or it was uh, helping out my folks in Monterey because I went back for just a couple days by myself with my doggy. Um, because. I, I there was there were original plans about what was supposed to be happening this week and I was gonna at least see my mom during that time. This turned into just I'm gonna come take down Christmas decorations and and hang out. But during that time, uh, obviously got my hair cut as I mentioned, but I also got to spend some time with Jeremy Bellucci because 
he lives in that same bubble, so oh I'm able to spend time suburban with him. proctologist own Jeremy Vellucci. Yes, the suburban proctologist wow. own Jeremy Vellucci, where we spent oh my god hours hours mapping out uh, the the future of that show. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we talked about, a lot of stuff I'm excited about. Um, I am currently going to be working on uh, an outline for the episode after the next one, and we're final drafting the next episode. I also recorded lines for that next episode. So more suburban proctologist in a more reasonably consistent capacity coming soon. I love it. Um, Gilmore Girls, I I watched it off and on. I also watched um, some of the last episodes of most of the CW shows from last season mm. because it, the pandemic made it so it had been so long and those shows are starting to come back that I didn't didn't remember what happened anymore. I'm, I'm way out of that bubble. So I just uh, I decided to pick it up about two episodes back on each show, uh, five episodes back on Legends. Um, and Legends, Legends is stupid good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, do you guys, did you guys ever get far enough to meet Gary? Uh, Gary is this bespectacled, nerdy, like super fan of the Legends who worked yeah. for the Time Bureau. He ends up being on the ship. Okay, well, he's like, he's yeah. become, he went from like a bit character to a now series regular. And he's just like this bag of neurosis who like has a crush on John Constantine and wants to be, wants to study under him and all that kind is of Constantine stuff. Constantine's still on the show? Yep. Damn and it. so, the, dude, this is the, <laughs> no, this I show get... is the sequel hey, to the Constantine show. Where I maybe need to start. I got some Astra's on the yeah. ship at the end of the season. Yeah. It's dope. Anyway. Um, there, there was a whole episode that I forgot to even detail about, uh, cause of all the stuff that was happening when the show was ending, but, uh, there's just a whole episode where they had to go on a trip to hell with Constantine. And in the next episode, uh, everybody's like acting weird and they don't know why. And they're doing weird things. And they find out that Gary's therapeutic dog is actually a rescue. He pulled out of hell. Oh. And so it's a hellhound nice. that is Ooh. telling everyone to do terrible things. Um, <laughs> and that show is just wild. That show's just wild. Anyway, uh, so CW I appreciate, show. I really appreciate that, that Legends started off as like this kind of sort of serious show, and they're just kind of like, let's just do goofy shit. And and they do, and the show is all the better for it because like it's it's vastly it's pretty much moved to top shows are Black Lightning and Supergirl and Legends kind of bouncing between each other for the second spot. And that's that's the top of the CW, and, and just Flash has dropped, and Arrow. <laughs> I want to intertwine real quick. That woman. I haven't I haven't played Assassin's Creed Black Flag in a couple of weeks, but I forgot to mention the main reason I I replayed that game, and I was so compelled by it. The main voice actor is Matt Ryan. He's the main character of the game. Oh hell yeah! Oh. And so like it's just it's just him on a pirate ship going ah oh, release all the sails, she can handle it, and I'm like yeah she can. <laughs> the other thing is like Matt Ryan is clearly having the time of his life playing Constantine on Legends, especially as like it's gotten sillier and sillier and gone farther along. Yeah. Um. There's there's yeah. one whole episode where he had he pretends to be Jack the Ripper because he had to incapacitate the real Jack the Ripper to be part of a. <laughs> a murderous historical hangout gang that oh. includes like Brutus. And... It sounds like comic book, like Doctor it's, Who. It's good. Like in a way. That sounds all right. Doctor Who is not far off from a, a frame of reference anymore. Because like they're all doing history That's really shit. what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and just like the 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 comedy. Like yeah. the comedy tone is much more in the Doctor Who realm than it is anything else on the CW at this point. Um, Dragon Ball Super came back while we were away, which was a really good chapter. I don't... The comic, well, not the show. 
The yes. comic, yes. The <laughs> I comic, think we would all know if the show was back. The comic yeah. came back uh, this week while we were away. It's one of the few things I had time to read because um, it was all about chores. And I only wanted to spotlight it because Vegeta started trending on Twitter uh, for a very specific reason that's super exciting, which is that um, they Beerus has revealed that Ultra Instinct is not the only technique of the gods. Um, <gasps> and it hit, has hinted at the possibility of teaching Vegeta a different technique. Uh, which is Maximum super dope that they instinct. have revealed that Ultra Instinct is just one thing gods can do, not the only thing gods can do. Yeah. Um, so everyone's like, oh, Vegeta's got his chance. He can, he can still surpass Goku. It can happen. It's about uh, damn time. It's it's very exciting. Um, I, not a lot, not a lot else, uh, really that I can say. Again, like it was just a, a week super consumed in travel and chores and uh getting ready for applications for internships and schools coming up and all that kind of stuff so i just just didn't have uh, a ton of time um we played some games there were video games fortnite i'll mean i'll mention just because they brought in a terminator pack as well as predator drop this week uh -huh. um the terminator one is very lovingly done that super duper looks like linda hamilton in the game which is incredible i saw a t800 do the doja dance the doja cat dance uh and i'm like i just can't believe this is real. This yeah. is so dumb. Video games rule. Video games do rule. Yeah. Um, we all watch WandaVision, but again, I'm not going to say a lot about that because we have decided we're going to do an episode about it. And then the only other thing I'll bring up uh, is that we all talked about um, Kaiju Ramen uh, on an episode that will drop this coming week um, yes. where we did an interview with the, those guys. And that was a great episode. And if you want more of the inevitable Kong Godzilla talk that comes later in this episode, Go to that because we definitely did it there. Absolutely. <laughs> that was a very uh, fun interview and I'm really happy we did it. Oh, you know what? I will mention one other thing. Um, I'm still doing my kind of like, I'm still steeped in Star Wars, even though I didn't do like reading the comic stuff. Um, I, I think this is going to keep going for a while, basically because you guys know it's a six hour drive between here and Monterey. Uh, that was basically swapping between two podcasts. One is uh, again, like I'm, I'm just uh, in Force Center where Force Awakens just came out. So they're talking about that, and I'm just going through Four Center's feed, and then I switched over to a more civilized age, and I've caught, uh, I've almost caught up on a more civilized yeah, age, yeah, yeah. which is uh, wonderful uh, hosts from Waypoint, um, past and present, and mm -hmm. uh, and one other person, um, and I really appreciate those two perspectives because you get Four Center where it's like the hardcore Star Wars nerds, and you get waypoint where it's some of them haven't even like seen all of star wars or that mm -hmm. kind of thing and and you know they have they have but they can embrace what's what what they love about it and they can also be critical of it and i'm getting like both of these feeds into my brain and i'm really enjoying it so i recommend both of those shows uh, especially uh a more civilized age because i think they i think even if you don't agree with them it's engaging conversation because i certainly don't agree with everything they say but i'm super engaged in it um and it's it's really fun to listen to people like going Going back through the prequels, I think uh, Natalie Watson, who's on it, had this fantastic take where she talks about how episode two, Attack of the Clones, would have been so much better if they just really realized that, like, fully realized what it seems to her is that Anakin was meant to be the audience insert character. And if they'd actually gone for that, how Attack of the Clones could have been much better um, and hit the real notes of, like, Anakin being a representation of criticizing the Jedi Order uh and like you wanting to like agree with him and root for him before he falls apart um and see that the jedi order is really what failed him and all that kind of stuff and i i think it's wonderful conversation so i highly encourage it anyway that's me i'm done 
Ryan, Pass since you're the screen. I'll go next. Um, I spent most of my time in in a bunch of fake ass fantasy worlds because I watched just hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. of uh, Critical Role and Dimension Twenty, which are both live Dungeons and Dragons um, with like famous people, famous comedians and stuff. Um, they're both very funny, but Dimension Twenty it is the guys from College Humor, so that show is like that show is hilarious. That is like a comedy show. Dungeons and Dragons thing. That is, uh, I love Critical Role. Uh, they're fantastic. But man, Dimension 20 is like, yo, these guys are killing it. Uh, uh, you get the drama and like intense comedy out of nowhere. Uh, so I love both of those. The reason I watch a lot of those, because I am, uh, like I said a little bit last week, I am working on my own mecha kaiju RPG that I want to play with uh, the world. Uh, uh, I'm trying to make it uh, unique enough and easy enough where it's it's really easy for people to jump in but if you play things like D, you'll you'll snap in like that and you'll you'll have fun um i'm having a lot of fun i'm feeling really creative with it and it feels really nice uh i already talked to ben like like i'm gonna have you play test with me like just like a, a like a, a battle just to see if if all the all the uh, the mappings work out and all the numbers work out and stuff you know a lot of dice rolls a lot of a lot of figuring shit out you know making making games hard apparently you know who the fuck um i have any reason to use like the three sets of rpg dice that i haven't touched (laughs) yeah i i almost went to target like three times to buy a set of dice of all variants and i'm like i have right now i have the internet i have the internet and it's like literally you can roll a fake die on the internet it's really it's cool so until i while we're digital uh i actually i'm working on this thing um there's this video game called Tabletop Simulator on Steam, and it has the biggest community of board game fans in the world. And, and I'm not exaggerating. Every single board game you can possibly think of has been recreated digitally in this thing with every single piece and every single card. And that includes every type of mech game and battle mech and battle tech and all these games. So I have hundreds of pieces of digital uh, uh, models, and I'm creating a little map so we can play digitally together. Uh, I am having so much fun. Uh, I can't wait to, I want to make something of it, like, for real. Um, and we'll see that in who knows how long. Uh, but that's literally mostly what I did. I, I I watched the movie for Downright Annoyed, but we didn't do it this week. So check back next week. <laughs> if I think of something that I did, I'll remember it halfway through the podcast. Uh, ben, why don't you go next? Because you and I both got injured, but you more significantly so. Yeah, so... Uh... Guys, appreciate your extremities because <laughs> when those get hurt, they suck. So Monday Monday night, I was at work and a piece of equipment that was it's a rolling piece of equipment. It's not super heavy, but of course it was full of uh, it was full of things, so it was heavier. It rolled to me. I was actually I was moving it so another guy could help me load another thing, but my foot stopped, and then this piece of equipment rammed right into my left foot and hit my big toe so of course i thought okay i just stuck my toe out it really stung i want to i want to real quickly pause you don't describe it in detail because you did on instagram and i didn't appreciate that oh sorry <laughs> yeah um so let's just say my toenail got messed up there and you go. I was taken to the doctor where for the very first time in my entire life in the, my 30 years on this planet i finally got stitches put in so they had to stitch my toe up and I have been out of work ever since. It was silver linings, though, right? Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah, silver silver lining. I don't have to go to work because my job. I'm always have to. I have to constantly be standing up. Uh, the doctor said sitting work only. And then when I went to work, said yeah, that's what they say. It's like we don't really have sitting work, so you can just go home. I'm like, we'll do. Nice. So don't, don't mind if I do, sir. Yeah. 
I went to the doctor last Friday. My next appointment is up this upcoming Friday. And um, I mean, when they slept, when I was there last Friday, they said it was healing well, but I'm doing, I just got to keep weight off of it. Um, yeah. What'd you it, do media wise? Uh, media wise, I finished the big one. I finished reading Ready Player Two and yikes. I got <laughs> yeah. Uh, TLDR, um, it's not good. Ben, uh, having finished it, do you think if you went back and read Ready Player One, you would see some of the same problems in Ready Player One now and like it a little less? I probably will see a lot of problems in in the book Ready Player One if I went back and read it again. Because I know what I was reading was one of the biggest problems I have with Ready Player Two is the is the quest. Like the quest in Ready Player Two, it's just not as fun as Ready Player One. I mean, yes, both um, instances have a ticking clock to them, whereas in Ready Player One, the ticking clock is you have to beat everyone else. You have to be the first one to get there, or else the prize is yours. Whereas in Ready Player Two, you have to beat the clock, or else everyone is going to die. I mean, I mean, what it would say is like, oh, but that just makes the stakes more higher. It's like, yeah, but I was, I wanted a fun romp through 80s, 80s and 90s nostalgia. Now, like, you better do this or you will die sort of thing. Well, we all know the second chapter is always the Empire Strikes Back. So it's got to be the dark chapter where everyone almost dies. That's just, that's just storytelling 101. Ernest Klein would know. Even Ernest Klein would know storytelling 101. Not even like that. <laughs> Another huge problem I have is that the book doesn't, I didn't really want to start like getting in more into the book until like a quarter of the way through. Like, I know Ray Player One has like the early chapters. There's a lot of exposition dump. It's a lot of like, here's why the world sucks, and here's all this explaining, explaining. Here's exposition, blah 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 blah. And then I want to say, like, less about fifty pages in, then the then the wheels start turning, and then the quest starts picking up. And it's like, oh, he, he solved the, the riddle. Cool. That doesn't happen until like a hundred some pages in. And right dystopia, dystopia novels, I, I started to feel like are a lot like the term EMP. Whenever you hear the term EMP in a movie, they always follow it up with an explanation of what an EMP is and does. And like I, I, I hold, and I will forever hold, that at this point the audience knows what the hell an EMP is. Um, and I think even if you don't, because I can imagine, I can imagine some old old lady maybe not knowing, but. If you say EMP and then you show what it does, you don't need to explain it. Yes. Even then. Yeah. So so I feel like dystopian novels like Ready Player One uh, and Ready Player Two are, are, are following the line of like, you don't need to explain why the world is shit. It just tell me it's a dystopia. I'm there already. I don't need to know the, the build up to how the world became crap. Yeah, that's another reason why I don't. Another thing I, that bugs me about Red Player Two is that after they, after Wayne and his friends won the contest, like, hey, we have money to do stuff now. The only one who's actively trying to save the world and help it is Artemis, whereas Wayne H. You Shoto, told me. Don't give a damn. And I explained a lot of the plot to Brandon before we, when we were playing games, where we were waiting for Sparks and other friends to to go on. There's and a whole plot. Just, There's I'm apparently. There's a whole, there's apparently a whole plot in that book where the main <laughs> characters are just like, let's just leave Earth. It's like a tiny little subplot. It's just like, what the hell? Yeah, I'll I got it. For the, for the movie, Spielberg won't direct. Yeah, I got issues. I got issues with this book. And um, everyone does. I'm going to, I'm going to write up, I'm going to put a, a post on, on, the, on our website. Stay um, tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. I, I was actually supposed to write it today, but after we were. No After we were done recording, I think I had a splitting headache and I needed to take a nap. I, I feel better now, which is good. Uh, besides reading Ready Player Two, 
I've also been playing more of Hybrid Warriors with Fanny, and I've also been playing a lot of Link's Awakening. Um, I haven't really touched uh, Mario Maker 2 for a while because I'm more I'm really close. I'm getting I'm like on the sixth dungeon, and there's only eight dungeons in Link's Awakening, so I'm getting through that. Uh, Link's Awakening is amazing. It is absolutely adorable. I am so glad I got it. You know, my one of my it's not like uh, a criticism of the game. It's more like a criticism on Nintendo because when this game first came out, it was it was sixty bucks, and people were like, "Well, this is a remake of the Game Boy game. That's like only thirteen hours long. How why have we had to pay full price?" So Nintendo, I kind of want to wave my finger at, but all in all, it's still a solid remake. It's a solid game. The music is awesome. I love the art style. I love how cute everything is. Even the things that are trying to kill you, they're kind of cute. And it's just one of those things where I'm walking around that I I love about. Uh, top-down Zelda games like Link Between Worlds, which is arguably my favorite Zelda game, where you go around the entire map exploring, finding little secrets here and there. Mm-hmm. And just when you find something new, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Or when you get that item, it's like, oh, now I can get that heart piece I found way back over by the beginning that I couldn't reach for the love of God, and now I have a thing to get it. It's awesome. Nice. I love it. Yeah. So Link's Awakening, Hyrule Warriors, awesome, fun. Uh, more shenanigans in that game, which I still really enjoy. It still makes me want to play Breath of the Wild again. Um, this week, I'm probably going to just split my time more between Mario Maker 2 and Link's Awakening because I want to play more Mario Maker and maybe build a level for once because I still haven't done that yet. Hmm. Um, media-wise, I was actually able to play video games with you guys on Friday, which made me super happy. I mean, Predator. I mean, yeah, busting your toe sucks, but at the same time, it's like, hey, now I get to stay home and play video games with my friends that, real, real quickly that predator game is so wild to me because now twice now ryan and i have just like gone into predator lore that's been introduced to us from this game being like what are the hish oh my god yeah there's some there's some cool like uh like like book lore and not like comic books like actual books uh lore about the predators and the aliens and it's like they never really touch and it's cool like when video games are like hey remember this weird <laughs> shit and I'm like, yeah, thank you for thank you for this gift. Now we know. There's, there's this thing called the Alpha Predator, which is apparently a NECA creation and not actually a character from a book or a or a comic. And like, and he was like, he was from the Hish, and he d- defeated the Hish who were enslaved. The, the like, oh my God, wait, they weren't always the Yaucha? Yeah, it's, it's it's a thing of this like, he looks like a predator, and he has like a weird mask on, but his skin it looks nothing like a predator. It looks like. It's like the white skin of like the Prometheus people, yeah. and it's just like it's like they adopted the predators like mentality. It's so weird. Real quick, on a similar note, I have to say I am really impressed with how much Yaucha is is being used at, colloquially, and I'm like, look, I get why Predator Hunting Grounds has it. <laughs> Fortnite has it too. Yeah, <laughs> they call they call the Predator's uh, pickaxe weapon, which is his his blades on his wrist, the Yaucha blades. And you I'm ate. like, I, I even <laughs> Fortnite is saying Yaucha. Fortnite gets it, man. God, I want more Predator shit, man. The Predator have a great lore. Yeah, no, just I wild want more toy. That looks different from every other movie we've had. Yes, <laughs> I'm not period piece Predator. No, while I was playing the game because I was doing the um, the tutorial while everyone else was getting ready and setting up, and just hear uh, Brandon and Ryan going, I was like, man, there's so much lore. I'm like. That's nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'm just glad you guys, because, I mean, hell, every time on Friday nights or whenever uh, Sparks in our text thread goes, like, who's down a game? And I'm always at work, so I'm just sitting there looking at the messages, like, 
it's like hello darkness my for those friend. for those long-time listeners you probably remember our predator episode where we went through all the predator films that was when we discovered that the predator species was called the yaucha so like whenever it comes up we get really excited like oh my god they know it too I just I, I I brought the Fortnite one because I'm like I'm just impressed that they're putting that out there. So like there's gonna be a shit ton of people that are reading that. They're going, like Yaucha, what? Dude, <laughs> children are gonna grow up with being bigger nerds on Predator than like the adults who watched it. Like, yeah, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> uh, Dad, did you know that they're actually called the Yaucha? Yeah, like he's what? Like, uh, it's hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hey, Yaucha. Hey, son, you want to come watch Alien versus Predator? Um, I think you mean Xenomorph versus Yaucha, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez oh man that's funny anyway do you have anything more uh media wise no that's pretty much all i did it was just recovering from getting hurt going to the doctor and reading and playing video games so so what i'm hearing is uh ben you need to play more video games this week yeah yeah i mean i got the time now i'm here i'm here i got the time now might as well I, uh, I, I, I'll go next. I too. Well, I'm the last one, I'm the last one standing. So, of course, <laughs> so I also got hurt. Sparks, uh, made the witty remark when we texted him, texted him being like, fake nerd boys are getting the real whooping this week. So, so right, right when I, I found out that you had injured yourself from Zara's text, I just had a near miss from injuring myself. <laughs> I had to take a dead branch off a tree in front of my parents' yard. And it's not like a little branch, big branch. And the only way I could get it down, I realized once I got up there, was I had to just push it and swing it. And I knew there was a decent chance it was going to come down and clip me on the left shoulder. Yeah. So I just like leaned to the side. And it got close enough that like people who were standing behind me were worried it didn't get me. <laughs> uh, so I was yeah. like, oh, it was almost me too. <laughs> I uh, I hurt my back really bad, like really messed up, and it, it still hurts. So if I if I'm like wiggling a bit, that's why. Um, but it, it allowed me to just, just lay on the couch and do nothing all day, um, except when I went to the comic book store with my cane, hobbling to the comic book store to get my books. I remember I, when these were a quarter. I don't mean to be rude, but how is that different in quarantine time? Well, uh, you see, I could normally get up and do something for myself. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. Yeah. Um, this time I could not. But not, uh, hobbling around with my crutches again, not fun. Yeah. Also, uh, Brandon, remember the time when I busted my leg in college? Yes, I do remember. I so this very few times do I wish my grandfather was taller. But when because I use my grandfather's cane, I don't have my own. Uh, why would I? I'm I'm thirty. Um, yeah. but I use my grandfather's cane whenever I'm really like, super injured. It's like he was he was a short man, so I'm like, kind of like okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but I did do a lot of stuff. I watched the last Starfighter this week, um, the '80s first film. First time? Yeah, first time. Oh. It's so certainly a fine movie. That is, is a small. A, that is a small. Cane, yeah, it's Brandon. a picture of you with the cane. That is yeah. too small. Yeah, that is my grandfather's cane, who is not my height. Like he was five foot. Yeah, <laughs> not a cane made for six foot five um so i watched the last starfighter i didn't care for it it's a little slow kind of boring um but it, you know what i understand the cultural touchstone of it i probably would, if i saw it earlier in my life i probably would have liked it more um but i beat rise of the tomb raider uh the second game of the square enix crystal dynamics uh tomb raider reboot um really enjoyed it i thought the story was really good uh really fun gameplay once again um 
And before I started Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I wanted to kind of get a get a sense of what Lara Croft used to be because I never played those original games. I never watched the original movies. I what I know was from the Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to play those original games. So I decided to play to to watch the Angelina Jolie films. You should have uh, just played the original games, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I just I know that they're probably bad adaptations, but I wanted a, a sense of like yeah. what what did people what, like? Lara Croft was a was a was a male gaze type icon, and now she is a a a, a woman empowerment icon. Uh, and I, I think that's really cool that transformation. So <laughs> those movies are really bad. Yeah, <laughs> those Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider films are awful. Uh, the first one is kind of stupid fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Craig's in it with a really shit American accent and like really stupid shorts and he's really funny um, Ian Glenn is the bad guy and he's really menacing yeah but it's like it's honestly like Indiana Jones mixed with James Bond 90, uh, Pierce Brosnan and James Bond by way of triple X literally everything you said that's all correct yeah. that is literally James Bond was still hot because of Pierce Brosnan yes everything you said is exactly that yes yeah it is. It, it, uh, Mag says it's missing dinos. Yeah, I was surprised that there were no dinos. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, so like it, it. It's it's really it's it's really stupid to kind of like it's 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 early two thousands like you know it's that it's that movie oh, yeah. and awful to watch in today's day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tomb Raider two is less that and more kind of adventure, but it, it's also more boring. Mm-hmm. Except it's got a solid ending. I like the stuff with Gerard Butler at the end of the movie. That's right. Jerry's in that movie. Does, uh, that, does that make you look back at the Alicia, Alicia Vikander one and go, you know, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> 100%. Playing these games and watching, because they they take the bare bones of that first game uh, okay. and like like change it a lot uh, to, 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 match a, to match the movie. Because in the game... Walton Goggins' character isn't working with Trinity, and her dad's not alive. Yeah, uh, the two biggest things. Uh, not to mention, uh, Yamatai is not a mystical place; it is just an island. Yeah. Um, and so, like the what, playing these two games, I'm like, you know what? That movie's a really solid adaptation of these games. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I I liked Rise of the Tomb Raider. Didn't like those movies, but I played. Does one of those Tomb Raider movies have like like uh, uh, like stone people that come alive? Yeah, the the first one. Okay, I haven't seen those movies. I literally think since they came out, but I remember thinking like that was pretty dope. But I was yeah. also like, so what are you gonna do? I, I genuinely don't know if I ever saw the second one. We should do it. We should just we should one day one day we'll do it. So Angelina Jolie, John Voight plays Lord Croft. Angelina Jolie obviously has a terrible terrible British accent. John Voight has an even worse British accent. Oh yeah, all right. And, and the stupidest little mustache you've ever seen in your life. Anyway, that's enough of that. I started playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider after that, and uh, I'm having a blast. I think that game's really great. Cool. Um, the voice acting has always been a problem for me in the first two Tomb Raider games, and it's not necessarily the actress's fault. Uh, I do think it's voice direction. The voice direction and the voice acting in this third game is leagues better. It was like night and day. Like all of a sudden, she's emoting, and I'm like, oh shit. An emotional character, finally. I love it. Um, so yeah, I did that. There's also no character development in those movies. Whatever. Uh, I watched Loop in the Third Castle of Cagliostro. It's the Hayao Miyazaki Loop in the Third film. It was in a Loop in mood, obviously, because we did the uh, latest film last I week. I don't 
Um, that's Cowboy Bebop. Shit. Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My life. <laughs> I was like, I recognize that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. It's a very different movie than the than the recent one we saw. It's not an adventure. It's definitely a spy thriller, and um, it's an old dub, and you can tell. It's still really solid. A beautiful animation. Hayao Miyazaki's animation has always been gorgeous. You know, no surprise there. Um, but I watched it and I was like, you know, I really like that latest movie when I bought Lu- it. <laughs> Lupin, Lupin is uh, not a character bound to like spe- very specific genre. Yeah. He is he is pulp. He is a pulp character in every Malleable. sense of the word. Um, you know, I, I think of like when I was telling Megan this, like whenever I think of like old radio program characters, like um, Boston Blackie or uh, no, not not necessarily that, but um, <clears throat> like um, Captain Friday, these these kind of guys there, they would have stories where one is like an Indiana Jones style adventure and the other is murder mystery where yeah. they have all the crime and the other is a completely a heist and like you know lupon fits that entirely like he switches between those kind of narratives easily yeah. so not everything is always an adventure not everything is always a a detective case the 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 thing that that, that kind of was disappointing to me is that it wasn't as goofy uh as as the latest film like the inspector is in it, but he is very toned down. He does not burst through a door. You're like, Lupin! With like a bunch of people jumping. He doesn't do that. I'm like, I'm really bummed that I'm not seeing that again. Yeah. You. Um, there are other, there's, Lupin is a vast series. There are still yeah. other places you can go for that, though. I'm sure. Um, and I, I, I like it. I want to see more. So I'm hopefully going to start consuming more Lupin. Cool. I love it. Um, I watched the remake of Clash of the Titans this week. If only you did it like two weeks earlier, Brandon. I know. I've been meaning to do it for two weeks because of your uh, because yeah. of your thing. And like, uh, what happened was exa- what happened exactly was that Ryan was what you were doing downright annoyed uh, for Wrath of the Titans, the sequel, and you were watching Clash of the Titans beforehand, and you were tweeting about it. Yeah. About all these really cool things, and I was like, oh shit, yeah. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. So I decided to watch it again, and man. That's a good time. I think that's a that's a good time. I, I I can't I won't call it a great movie, but that's a good time. Yeah, that's a that's a adventure movie that is just pure fun. Like I I that movie gets I think more hate. I think it gets I think it gets better the further away we get from its release. I think so too. Uh, the there's a lot of stuff that you can tell that the with the Greek gods because they cast so many prominent actors as the that's Greek gods. Does, dude, that movie is like the most star studded cast ever. Yeah. And like like half that stuff just isn't in the movie <laughs> it's like damn man that movie was gonna be like three hours long and they're like no no way jose i think the 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 imagination at play in the movie is well worth it if you want to if you want to return to that world um it, it is very imaginative there's a lot of really beautiful practical effects like liam neeson and ray fines play zeus and hades they're pretty great yeah absolutely um and I did it because I wanted to rewatch Wrath of the Titans, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm really enjoying Clash of the Titans." There's a Jin in Clash of the Titan in Clash of the Titans who explodes and Medusa's tail. Jesus, it's yeah. There's yeah. He's made of wood and he's a Jin and he commands giant scorpions. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's what's happening in this movie. Yeah. Great, thank you. And then no explanation. His heart is a bomb, and you're like, yeah, all right. Yo, it's magic. Heart's a bomb. Magic. <laughs> um, and like Mads Mikkelsen has a really great character arc in that movie. Mads rules. Yeah. 
forgot Mads was in that movie until I started watching and I'm like, oh, he's the second lead. There's a lot of actors in that movie that I didn't realize. Dude, everyone's in that yeah. yeah, Nicholas Holden, the, the Medusa scene is a bloodbath, uh, and most of the characters do die kind of like un- inconsequentially, which is a bummer. Um, he hasn't seen it. You haven't seen Clash of the Titans? I was going to Ben, like, yeah. You haven't seen either Clash of the Titans? No, I saw I saw the remake Clash of the Titans. Eh, same basic premise, without the skeletons. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen, I saw Clash of the Titans, the first one, I haven't seen Wrath of the Titans. Okay, Wrath of the Titans rules, and I will die on the hill that that is a good movie. Yeah. Um, I think Wrath of the Titans is awesome. Uh, we, we, look, I tweeted about it. Uh, hey, guys, how many movies have you seen with, with uh, a dude riding a black flying horse uh, fly into a volcanic titan with a lightning spear and blow him out the, the side of the neck while Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes were using their combined electricity and whatever the hell Hades' power is to fight this? He throws thunder punches and shit. It's cool. He throws uh, thunder punches. On, on, on Downright Annoyed, like, I'll real quickly say, like, we don't get a lot of Greek mythology uh, 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 movies or TV shows, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I gravitate to, like, even the ones that aren't great. But, like, I think I think this this remake franchise got unfairly c- criticized yeah. because it was one of those movies coming out when so many remakes were happening. And, again, yeah, the first one's fine. I think it's, like, I think we think it's, like, it's probably better than fine. I think it's good. But that second one's legitimately, like a, like, a good movie, I think. Yeah, um, and just nobody saw it or cared about it. Yeah, and I, I tweeted about. It, I was like, "Is it too late to get that third movie?" Because they wanted a trilogy. Oh yeah, no, that's this dead. Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. Lily James is in it. Avatar. Avatar. Uh, Lily James is in it. Uh, who's now you know major star, and she 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 like prays to Ares, and Ares kills her. So I, I was like, "Oh my god, Lily James is in it." No, oh, bye, Lily James. Yeah, she's uh, in the movie for seven seconds, and I'm like, ten years ago was a long time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like there's a sequence in it where, where Zeus is about to die, and then Hades gives him like the rest of his power, like power, uh, so that Zeus can like come back to to the living again. And they're just like, hey, uh, it's like if 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 you die again, I can't stop, I can't stop the death. And and Zeus is like, well, let's go beat our father. And Hades is like, I'm, I might be too weak for that. Then we'll go out swinging. I'm like, hell yeah, you will. Let's go. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's it feels like it's proper epic, and like I hate yeah. I don't like to use that word, but like it really is like it's a titan versus a bunch of dudes and like a dude on a horse. And I'm like, you've I've never seen a titan on screen like this before. Like that's yeah, we don't we don't get this. We don't get this. And luckily, I, it's cool. I really liked Wrath of the Titans rewatching. I haven't seen either of them since I saw them in theaters. Um, I I think that that franchise is is good actually. One day, one day we'll do we'll do we'll do something about it. Yeah, uh, maybe on miscellaneous. Should that yeah. ever come back? Spicy. Um, I watched Captain America: Civil War, kind of going through my. I'm still doing. I'm doing like a Wandavision marathon of like the the four movies that Wanda and Vision are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll watch Infinity War and Endgame probably this week, um, which I haven't seen both in a very long time. So that'd be fun. Um, and then I decided I, I finished the first season of the Tangled animated series. Oh. Um, there are three seasons. There are two seasons left. Um, that show's really good. It's a really good follow up to that to that movie. Yep. That's true. Um, there's a lot of really great stuff with like just her family and dealing with with that. And then there's uh, one of the one of the best villain origin stories I've seen in TV in a long time because uh, he starts out as this like really cool good guy and then he slowly descends into into villainy. I'm like hell yeah, that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Some episodes are musical, so that's fun to kind of get back to his musical roots. That's nice. Some good music. Um, and I started catching up on Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen, which uh, uh, Sparks has talked about before. Everyone, dude, everyone's talking about that show. 
Like, it's good. I think I, think I just got to start. Gotta, I think you'd like the it. zeitgeist. I think I you'd like that. It's one. if you don't mind dub, it's on HBO Max dubbed. No, I don't mind dub. No. Yeah, um, that's how I'm catching up right now. And I know that when we start watching it together, we'll watch it subbed, but I don't mind. Yeah, most, most of the people we watch with prefer subbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, HBO Max has it dubbed, which made, made it very easy to catch up. Um, and then I read, actually, I'm really proud of this. I read all my comics that were, that I picked up this week. Um, I, I, I've been dealing with some, some stuff in my head about, about comics, about my interest in them and I'm forcing myself to read a lot of them. And I was really happy that when I picked up all the books that I, that I was reading this week, uh, I was all caught up on all those series. <clears throat> that was really nice. And it was like, you know, it was all the X-Men books and the future States and the, um, more that I can't name at this point. King of Black stuff? Are you doing any of those times? Yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm reading all the King of well, not all the King of Black times, but I'm reading King of Black and that that third issue had Thor in, and I thought that was really cool. Um, Spider Gwen Gwen was last week. I don't remember. Anyway, um, but Future State came out, and I dropped three titles, but I picked up Immortal Wonder Woman Future State. I know I've been kind of talking about Future State the past three weeks, but I thought Immortal Wonder Woman was very good. I can't weigh in yet. I haven't had time to read. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, a very, a very nice person helped me with my pull list uh, uh, this week. So uh, it's him. He helped me with my pull list. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be catching up on all my comics. Um, I'm, I'm sadly a couple weeks behind on, on all my X Men books, and I'm about to have a sweet ass marathon. You guys, it's gonna hey, be great. Uh, and then I caught up on Green Lantern, which is on issue ten, Green Lantern season two by Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. Uh, I was five. I was six issues behind on that one. Like I told you guys, I'm way behind on a lot of my comics. Yeah. Um, but that so far is rules. I know it's only got two issues left, but that that's a that's a damn good Green Lantern book that Graham Morrison is writing. Good to hear. Uh, there's a there's a dude in it whose head is a volcano. It's like a volcanic eruption. He's not a volcano. It's a volcanic eruption for a head, and he's got a little smiley face in it. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. That's my week. All right. Beautiful. Well, let's go into our bread and butter. I almost forgot that we do this now. Uh, here we go. Bread and butter. That wasn't enough time for me to get my thing out. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, here we go. We got some sad news actually up top um, before we, we get started. Um, Mira uh, Furlan, who um, played Mimbari Ambassador Delon in Babylon 5, uh, most notably. Um, she was also Silver Sable in the Spider-Man animated series. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, she passed away this week at the age of 65. And David Richardson, who's a producer on a lot of TV shows, including The Simpsons, uh, passed away this week as well at the age of 65 due to heart failure. Mm. And last week, we heard that Larry King, not last week, the week before, last week, the two weeks ago, we heard that Larry King was admitted to the hospital due to COVID. Uh, he did sadly pass away due to complications of COVID-19 at the age of 87. Man. Yeah, that sucks. Larry King's a good guy. Yeah, he's... Uh... Real cool journalist guy. I always liked. I never like watched him like, except for like when he did yeah. interviews with people. But like, he had a very, very weird, interesting perspective. He on He was things. a national touchstone. Yeah. for all yeah. our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in movies, tons of movies. Oh yeah, tons. Yeah, remember when he's the ugly stepsister in Shrek? Yes. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I no, even when he had a uh, voice cameos on so many different shows, when I can B movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was in B movie. He's in B movie. It's B Larry King. 
Now he was also Wax Larry King in um, uh, Gravity, Gravity Falls. Falls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Uh, also, I mentioned to Brandon a little while ago, but both of us forgot to add it to the list that we missed. Uh, January fifteenth, Dale Bear died. Uh, he was a Walt Disney Animation Studio uh, character animator. He designed a whole bunch of characters for things like The Rescuers, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, The Lion King, Tarzan, Treasure Planet, Emperor's New Groove, Princess and the Frog. So okay, you've seen his work. Uh, yeah. yeah, he passed away at the age of 70 uh, to complications with uh, his um, sclerosis. So oh. Yeah. Oh. Lots, of, lots, of, lots of sad... News I just there. wanted to bring that one up because I remember that I saw it. I forgot to tell Brandon, and then I just totally forgot about it. And then I remembered again, and then I forgot to add it to the thing. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. Um, all right. Guys, we're back. It's a new year, new COVID year. Oh, we're yeah. doing we're doing our, our release date tango again. Oh yeah. Who's who's got mutations? We not yet us. Well, so far, uh, this is what's... So, real quickly, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's because when we first saw the trailer for it, it was called Connected. Yeah, I think we looked really cool. That was, looked, that's, uh, that was a better title. Yeah. Connected? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this is, is the... Like about electronic connection, but also about family connection. I'm yeah. like, it's all right there, baby. Yeah. This is the Lord and Miller produced animated, animated movie that looked really unique and, and interesting. Yes. That one, okay. I was yeah. curious because I was like, "Wait a minute." The Mitchells yeah. versus the Machines. Yeah. Yes. So the Mitchells versus the Machines has been bought from Sony to Netflix, and okay. Netflix will distribute the film at a later date this year. Cool. And they're they're which title is it now? The Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay, that's not. They should have kept. The they should have kept it connected. Wow. <laughs> I wonder apparently, if that's... well, apparently it's the original title. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they should have just kept it. Connected. Oh, wow. um, yes, apparently Sony wanted it to be called Connected and the director wanted to do the Mitchells versus the Machines. Apparently everyone's really thrilled about this move to Netflix. Like they're all like really excited about the creativity free creatively creative freedom that they're gonna get uh, and all that. So cool. cool for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm happy that film films come, finally coming because I thought that looked really good. Absolutely. I've completely forgot about it, but I forget about everything in COVID. So yeah. <laughs> um now we're on to the release date tango with Uncharted. Uh, uh, it, of note, like most of this is all, even just what you said, is all like Sony shifting around. A lot of Sony, yes. That's yeah, a lot of Sony, which isn't surprising because unlike things like Warner Brothers or Disney, they don't have an immediate streaming service option. So yes. their pushbacks are not shocking. Although, we'll get to it. So Uncharted, which is the Tom Holland film um, based on the video game, originally was going to come out on July, on July 16th, 2021. It will now come out on February 11th. 2022 that is a uh oh my god that's, that's so far away that's so far away yep. that, is, that is a push i'm sure that's a movie that they they not only want but maybe like need to succeed because that's like a big 10 pull maybe franchise starting thing yeah. um, so i'm sure they want that to make every dollar again um ghostbusters afterlife the long-awaited third film in the ghostbusters original franchise uh originally was going to come out on, Ju- on june 11th 2021 and will now come out on november 11th 2021 november that's right around eternals isn't it mm-hmm. yeah jesus mm-hmm. um nobody was going to come out on february 26th this is the bob odenkirk film uh now it's coming out on april 2nd so not that big of a move is that do we know if that's a vod no two? it is theaters 
that feels like a view. That should just be a view. That can't be a big budget movie. What are they doing? Well, it's written by the guy who did who who wrote first John Wick. So maybe they're like, hey, we got another John Wick here. Oh, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, Last Night in Soho, which is not, which has apparently had the release date of April 23rd. This is the new uh, Edgar Wright horror movie. Yeah. Um, will now be coming out on October 22nd of this year. Halloween? Yeah. Cool. No Time to Die has been pushed once again mm. from its April 2nd fourth release date to October 8th fifth release date. Release date. Oh, that far now. Damn, that movie's never coming out. No. Uh, Morbius, which was just pushed last week. Last week? We t- what? <laughs> has been pushed again from its new date of October 8th to January 21st, 2022. Because uh, that would be them competing. Yeah. And they don't want to. But uh, I'm like, Morbius should have just stuck to October. If anything, Morbius <laughs> be full of Kong and you move that thing forward. Just like, get it out. Like, Get it over with, yeah. Focus on the movies that really you want to push and like Morbius, that's not one. I don't think yeah. that's one. Well, Maybe it is. They, they 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 need that Sex. good faith in that, that Venom money, that Spider-Man spinoff universe that might be MCU. Dude, uh, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. I uh, mean, it doesn't depend on anything till it's out. Yeah, that's Michael <laughs> Keaton. Amy Pascal is like, yes. Kevin yeah. Feige is like, hmm. Uh, Bob's Burgers, the animated film Bob's Burgers, uh, that is now Disney has been taken off its April 9th release date and has now got a release date of TBD. So we don't know when it's coming yet. You know what I bet that means? I bet that thing's coming to Disney Plus and I still, they don't know when. Because that is or not a- Hulu. Or Hulu. Or Hulu. Any, yeah, literally anywhere. Like that is not a movie you need to push into theaters. Like I would love for Bob's Burgers to make a million dollars or whatever right at the box office. But that is a that is an animated movie off a TV show. Like that one you can easily- and, ele- and now 11 seasons TV show. And now, oh, that's Disney. Yeah, those people are now working on Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Bob's rules, you guys. Can't wait. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm two episodes behind, I think. Uh, the King's Man, now Disney owned, The King's Man, has been moved from its March 12th release date to August 20th. Uh, the, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, which was one of the early moves I like uh, the last year, uh, has moved from its April 23rd release date to September 17th. That's Universal. Man. Antlers finally has a new release date after being off the release docket for a long time. Uh, it is now coming out on October 29th. Cool. And this happened last week, but I totally forgot to put it on there. The Green Knight finally has a release date after not having one for a while of July 30th. Cool. Okay. Because wow. we, we the movie we're talking about today, I was like, when are we getting this movie? And now there's just St. Maud and the Green Knight. Those are the two indie babies I'm waiting for. So there you got the Green Knight coming in July. Uh, I'm definitely a little concerned about No Time to Die. Me too. Not, not like me being concerned, oh, it's not good now. Yeah. Uh, they all, I'm like, how are you going to generate interest for that movie at this point? Because they they marketed that thing to death I feel like it's before little, it came out. It's been 10 and years. And then they pushed it. Yeah. And then they thought, we think we're actually going to get to put it out. So they put out another trailer yeah. that showed way too much more. And, and then they pushed it again. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the, the intro is out yeah oh geez intro movie oh wow um yeah, the, the billy eilish song is out oh gotcha um yeah man uh that, like that, how how are you gonna get people pumped about that when it's coming out I, they can't make that that money back with the amount of marketing they've done for like i feel like it's been two years right the movie's supposed to come out like 
Like when? Like I feel like it was last year. It was last year. It was April. It was, okay. it was. It was. It was. We were literally two weeks away. Yeah. When the pandemic started from seeing that movie. But like even with trailers for that, like it's been like a year and a half we've been talking yeah. about the movie. Like yeah, get sometimes you just gotta you gotta cut Well and that's the thing, it's like the last trailer that they released when they when they thought they were going to finally get to release it before they had to push it back again. Yeah. Uh was already showing like, Oh, you are showing way too much. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way they can make another trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You guys wanna hear some comic book news? Sure. Sure. All right. The Old Guard, uh, recently an adaptation on Netflix, uh, is getting a third comic comic miniseries called The Old Guard: Tales Through Time. This is actually going to be an anthology series uh, set in the world of the Old Guard. We'll explore the lives of various immortals uh, spanning decades, such as feudal Japan and World War II. Um, the the people working on it are people like Brian Michael Bendis, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Matt Fraction, Jason Aaron. Um, and then, uh, and then on art, uh, Michael Oven Oming, and Valentine Delandro, and more. We don't know who else, uh, but those are that's the creative team this time around. Into mm. it, yeah, that, looks, that sounds cool. Uh, uh, I think that that universe. We're, we were just talking like like Predator. Predator would work with like a cool like time spanning anthology type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the old guard, there are a bunch of immortal warriors. Like I would, I, I will check out at least the first issue uh, for sure. I, I have never been more hopeful about Predator's future than that it's at Marvel right now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because we might finally it. get that kind of lore. I love it. God damn you, Disney. I hate you and I love you. <laughs> we should be hearing about a Predator book soon, I think. A hundred percent. Tell me it's an anthology, baby. Oh. Tell me it's a time-spanning <laughs> anthology. Put that um, in my name. A, a, many years ago on this podcast, we did a book club from Sparks called Beast of Burden. Mm. Uh, there is a new Beast of Burden book coming. Yeah, there is. Oh, should we, not, should we be worried? No, I'm oh. excited. Oh, okay. Uh, Evan Dorkin is putting out a new a new Beast of Burden called Beast of Burden: Occupied Territory with Sarah Dreyer. Uh, Dyer, sorry, it's going to be a new four issue miniseries. Most of them have been four issue minis. Um, and I'll just read the solicitation because this, this sounds really cool. An elder member of the occult battling pack of wise dogs. Uh, recalls a harrowing mission in U.S.-occupied Japan after World War II. A mysterious curse creates an army of crawling, disembodied heads, which threatens to overwhelm the region. Uh, Emery's and, and a team of canine companions attempt to solve the mystery, bringing them into conflict with shape-changing uh, Tanuki, evil Oni, and a horde of vengeful demons. A, a period piece, uh, a psychic dog comic? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, Sounds seriously. Good. I, I think that that comic series rules. I uh, love Beast of Burden. Yeah, Evan Dorkin's cool. Yeah, um, the Silver Coin, coming from Image, is a new anthology book, all written. Oh, sorry, all drawn by the same artist, Michael Walsh. That's great. Um, he is the connective tissue. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, Kelly Thompson, Ed Brisson, and Jeff Lemire are writing issues uh, with his art. Um, so th- this is a. Uh, I'll read this. This is from the article. Um, Rather than having one writer and multiple artists, every story in the series is drawn by Walsh, with the writer changing on each issue. Nor is a silver coin delivering a series of standalone supernatural tales. Each story takes place within the same interconnected uh, supernatural universe, with the titular coin being the glue that binds everything together. So it's kind of rewarding new uh, continuing readers. I'm into it. I'm so into it. Um, Fun fact, um, Michael Walsh, uh, he did the Scarlet Witch issue of Vision that we read this week. Yes. 
uh, he didn't do the whole book, but he had that one issue. So um, he's great. I think I think I love every one of those one of those writers. Um, I love I love horror anthologies. I think that's the best type of anthology. So I'm, I'm also into it. Uh, the first issue will be written by Zdarsky. Yeah. Um, you guys like Magic the Gathering? I do. Got some my Godzilla <laughs> magic cards right there. Bro, this Brandon, Brandon gestures to the Godzilla branding, and he's like, I've heard of it. You gotta get me one more card. You have to get me one more card. I really, I'm, I was gonna bring my cards to you, Sparks, so we could see about trading and getting that one more card up there. It's like, I, I love what you got going on, but man, I look at it and I'm just like... I know, me too. Yeah, it drives yeah. me nuts. It drives me nuts. <laughs> if you got a spare card, Sparks, let me know. Um... Uh, Maya, Maya, Maya Lotus is in the chat. Hello. Uh, nice. nice. Yeah. Magic right. Gathering Godzilla is nice. Magic, a new series from Boom Studios based on the world of Magic the Gathering from Jed McKay uh, and art by Ig Guerra coming out in April. Sweet. Uh, so, first issue a shot. Yeah. Uh, we've all played, we've, you've played Magic, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. We've all played Magic at the various degrees, but I've never, unlike the lore of like Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh!, all those things, like, I don't know a goddamn thing about Magic the Gathering lore. Like, I know there's Planeswalkers, I know all that shit, and I know there's a huge, deep lore, and I've never done it. So, like, I, I'm going to read this and try to get into it because Jed McKay, he's the writer of Taskmaster, he rules. I, I'm here to tell you that uh, it, it, it is not uh, all hit. Oh, I believe it. Like, I think uh, I just, I just don't a similar, know I just don't a know similar comparison I would make is like, like trying to dive into the world of Warcraft lore. Yeah, most stuff is is all pretty like you can you can track a continuity of time and like things like yeah. that. A lot of like early, early Magic: The Gathering lore was a real hodgepodge of just trying to throw out what could make things cool, mm-hmm. and it's it's never really gotten. Not that there aren't good things, there are good things in that lore, but there's a lot of bad things, and and none of it is kind of speaking with a, a, a singular voice. It's all kind of just like, here's a cool thing. It, uh, it, it, it kind of doesn't matter if you think of anything yeah. else of, it reminds me of, it. of D&D uh, but like of course like it's magic gathering it's just like it's like these cards but like D&D it's like here's like here's like a, a world that you can inhabit um and I just I just don't know I literally don't know anything about the world yeah and I have I have uh, so many magic cards and I'm just like it's time to invest a little bit I, mm-hmm. I remember I bought a fat pack when Dominaria first came out <clears throat> which is like a fat pack's like like 10 boosters and a bunch of land cards and a dice and like a pleasure yeah. die that you can use as a life counter so I'm, because I'm looking at it, I'm reading. It's like magic is going back to the first plane when it was first created. I'm like, oh boy, there's a lot of lore in this thing, isn't there? I, I guess I should I should be more clear. Like the lore itself isn't like such a mess and and bad, but the but the books and a lot of the media that has been put out there to try to extrapolate that lore, most of it is like even it, when it's at it, like even those that are just kind of fine, they're fine because they're pretty generic and they're not really telling you things that, that, that feel unique or special. And it's rare that you get the gem that does. And I feel like that's why this book, it's got a great, yeah, hopefully, great hopefully this, hopefully yeah. this for mm-hmm. sure. I just, uh, there's, it, it, there's a lot of fantasy universes out there. And unfortunately I don't think like, as far as books go, magic has. Had oh yeah. I'm not going to be reading into. magic books. It ain't, it ain't Warhammer, baby. Yeah. Oh no. This is, this is not the first magic, the gathering series. IDW put out a couple of comics for a while. There you go. All right. Okay. Um, some Marvel news. Uh, Venom was in the news this week because it was revealed that Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman will in fact be ending their run, uh, their multi-year run on Venom with the upcoming Venom number 200 anniversary. Man, 
that poor that poor guy. He's like, I have I have two hundred issues of Venom that I can write, <laughs> and he kind of was right. <laughs> he got there. Um, it's a seminal run. Like it's one of those seminal runs of the last couple of years. Like I know we're all fans of Donny Cates, and that Venom is a book I don't think any of us really cared for until up until now. Right. Yeah. Um, like it's I I wonder I wonder if this is a thing of. Uh, him choosing to leave, I don't think so because he's oh, he 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 has said that this was always the plan to end with two hundred. Okay, then there you go. Okay, I yeah. I figured the way he's talked about it for years, like he wanted to be on the book for like a Jason Aaron length of time. You know, not three he, years. He and Stegman have already been saying like, you know, we know we know where we're going from here. We yeah. know what we're moving on to. There's a reason we're stopping Venom here to do something else. Cool. Every time he talks in interviews, he's always like, I had it exactly mapped out for like five years. And we're about five years now. And um, We're not at five years in Venom, my guy. We haven't done the podcast for five years. No, it would be like three years. Like he could have been over-exaggerating. And, yeah. Uh, I just remember, I, re- I, I read a quote back when I was the highest of high on him. And he said, I, I, how long do you want to be on Venom? I have, I have a run for 200 issues, if they let me. But I guess yeah. maybe 200 is a little too much. Yeah, um... It is it is a little surprising to be ending because there is one thread specifically that King and Black will not tie in, um, and it's that where where did the Maker end up after uh, the events of Venom Beyond? That could be the next book. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that maybe they're leaving Venom and doing that story. Yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, it's a I I've been really liking it. I really like King and Black. Um, so I'm gonna be sad to see that go. And I I do think it's his choice. I think he yeah, cool. This is like I I told the story I want to tell. I love it. Um, one of the things, one of the quotes he said that I really liked because he tied into Daredevil. He's like, "I want to make Venom. I want to turn Venom into something like Daredevil, where it's become a tradition that every writer of Daredevil writes Matt Murdock into a corner at the end of their run, so that mm. the next person is challenging themselves to get them out of that corner." And he's like, "I want to make Venom that. I want to. I want the next. I want to write Venom into a corner, and the next person have to have to like the challenge to solve that." I, I am I am issues behind, but uh, from what I'm hearing on Twitter, um, my favorite Venom might be coming back. So I guess I might have to start reading Venom again. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, he, he showed up in the pages of Venom. Yeah. Yeah, I love Flash Thompson. Um. Okay. And so does, actually, so does Donny Cates. It's his favorite. It's his favorite Venom. He doesn't really like Eddie Brock that much. That's so weird. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's funny. Um. Spider-Man, Spider Shadow. Speaking of Venom, a new Chip Zdarsky, Pascal Ferry joint uh it's gonna be a five issue miniseries spider-man spider shadow coming out in april um basically it's a what if it's what if spider-man didn't escape from the clutches of the symbiote hmm. so peter parker becomes venom essentially okay i uh yeah i venom venom uh uh chip Zdarsky wrote my i think the best spider-man story of probably like the last maybe decade for real uh story, yeah. story, which we which we read on the podcast or yeah it was this podcast not the other mm-hmm. one um but like that dude, I trust that dude. He also wrote Spectacular Spider-Man, which is a short-lived side story to Amazing Spider-Man. Um, that was the Spider-Man book I was reading uh, before. Before yeah, it was the, really good. The, before the new the the, the Spencer. Amazing, before Spencer came on, yeah. Um, I love Zdarsky. I think that dude's incredibly talented. Like he's one of those dudes where uh, he started as an artist and he's just as good as a writer. And I'm like, that dude's so talented. It's it's crazy. I'm so upset I didn't continue with Daredevil because I'm hearing nothing but amazing things about his no, Daredevil run. I'm reading it on a uh, on Marvel Unlimited. Like man, like that is that is very much like the like the Bendis like the Bendis era. Like like you know like kind of like the Daredevil uh, TV show kind of like mm-hmm. mentality. But just what he's doing with it is just like peak of that shit. Like yeah. oh, it's he, he's so good. 
Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a new team lineup. Uh, Juan Frigeri will be joining Al Ewing on the creative team, uh, but that's not the only team shakeup that they will get, uh, as the Guardians lineup will expand to include Wiccan and Emperor Hulkling. Oh my god. For all you Empire fans there. Yeah, big time. I'm super stoked about that. Brandon, you caught up on Guardians Al, of the Galaxy. Al Ewing mm-hmm. wrote Empire so well, so having those characters come from there to Guardians is great. Yeah, um, uh, I saw on Twitter somebody said uh, the G in LGBT stands for Guardians of the Galaxy now because now <laughs> this team lineup, no joke, is mostly people of like diversity and like of, of queer descent and stuff because like uh, Star Lord is now canonically bisexual, um, Nova is bisexual, um, Moon Dragon's a lesbian, um, all of these characters like uh, Wicked and Hulkling are together and they're gay. Like the entire team is made up of that diverse like in, in crazy people, and I'm just like. Al Ewing is so he's doing the dream. This is the dream. The the most wild shit was with Moon Dragon, where she absorbed her her parallel universe version of herself and became yeah. one character. I'm like, I don't understand what the hell. That's, that's what happened with Superman after the New Fifty Two guys. Same thing. That's what happened. I didn't understand that either. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think Guardians is like Guardians is not better than Immortal Hulk, but I think Guardians is a criminally under talked about book right now. That book is is just as good as most of the other books. Um. And I it's think all three stuff. of his books are killer. Yeah, Sword too. Yeah, like again, like I was thinking, like if they gave Al Ewing Avengers, it's over. It is straight up over because yeah. that dude would destroy that book. It would be so he, good. It's so he weird. had an Avengers book before Secret Wars. It was it was that miniseries No Surrender, and it was the weekly no. book. No, before Secret Wars, Mighty Avengers. Oh, sorry, Mighty Avengers. Oh yeah, that's that. That had a like a smaller weird uh, lineup though. That was yeah. more like level stuff. Uh, he 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 had Blue Marvel on that, and he carried that over after Secret Wars into Ultimates, which is another great title. Ultimates yeah. is awesome. That dude's never yeah. written, a, written a bad book. Good for him. I don't Good think so. Val. But I mean, like you know, we we said a lot. Like Marvel's mostly hitting it out of the park. Like if if the name on it isn't slot, it's pretty great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you say that. Uh, however, Marvel did just reveal that the next thing is called Heroes Reborn. I I know I know I know <laughs> I was walking into okay, but like I wanted to stress the point that like pretty much any run right now happening at Marvel is kind of worth going through at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that, that's the last bit of news on comics uh, is that Marvel has has been teasing uh, an announcement coming probably this week about a new whatever called Heroes Reborn, invoking that old nineties. They've uh, released. Event a bunch a bunch of pictures yes. and it just looks like a bunch of what if scenarios it looks like a lot of infinity warp stuff where they combine characters which is an event that they just did like three years ago yeah. um it's it's again like we don't have enough information so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna super bash it like i did 5g because that ended up being future state and i really like what's happening with future state for the most part mm-hmm. so like until i have more information i just see like juggernaut dr doom and i see heroes I reborn think- and i'm like I'm cool. I think I think we can just express like I agree. Like we should wait to know more. But the the one thing that I think I know that you and Brandon and I are all in agreement on is that it is a confusing and most likely bad move to call it Heroes Reborn. Yeah, because it is calling back to a thing of the past that no one really thinks of fondly. The, the thing unless that, your name is Rob Liefeld. The thing that helped bankrupt Marvel in the '90s. Yeah. Like this event was so like they wanted to jumpstart every all the characters again and they and they just barfed it up the the entire well, thing. And I, and I will spotlight like you know we talked about that 
they just dropped those that run in hardcover, like big hardcover collections that just happened yeah. a, a couple months ago. Oh, geez. All these Heroes Reborn yeah. hardcovers just got sh- pushed out. I was about to say something else, but <laughs> they, they got pushed out. And uh, and we also saw at the Funko Fair, like Infinity War figures coming out. And I'm like, all these things are pointing in a certain direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, especially when you think about how weird timing things are because of COVID. Mm-hmm that when when was heroes reborn supposed to start and when were those hardcovers supposed to drop those hardcovers were probably supposed to drop when it was going to start it's a good point but they still just dropped them at their original time release so i'm just saying like i think that they they are hinting at that that past and i don't love that yeah they uh the the article that came out with the pictures with the like the promo pictures of all the characters does say what happened to the avengers so i don't know um yeah, I think um, the only one that I that I think is excuse me kind of cool is the one with uh, Reed Richards and Ben Grimm, but he's like a Shield agent, and they're mm-hmm. they're at the Forty Two Prison, which is the multi dimensional prison where they house all the people during Civil War. Mm-hmm. So I just think like I that particular story, I'm like I just love the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, so I want to know what's going on there. But like I I don't think it's an event. I think it might just be like you know like like a future state thing. I just why? well because we've also talked about, about the fact that you know there are titles that are going through it. Like Immortal yeah. Hulk not ending. None of the X Men books are going to end for this. Like, yeah, what is this? Is, is it an event? Is it a line? Is just an imprint like DCU or like? Yeah, very know? much is something where I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm I'm already saying like, please don't have some forced X Men tie-ins to this because I don't I don't want it. Like, leave them alone. Or worse, they'll do like do like uh, what they do with like uh, the Age of Ultron uh, tie-ins where it's like thirteen dot AU. So it'll be, it'll be like Avengers dot XL or something stupid. I'm like, I'm not. Well, we see it. Wolverine in one of those pictures. Yeah, he's part of it's. It's like it's like Alpha Flight, but like yeah. a generation of Alpha Flight. So I mean, whatever. Okay. Uh, kind of still, kind of still Marvel, but we'll move into uh, She Hulk, uh, the new TV series coming. Has cast Jennifer Walters' best friend in Ginger Gonzaga. Uh, we don't know who she's playing specifically, uh, but she's been cast. Heck yeah! Woo-woo. I, again, this, those shows are happening, guys. I can't believe it. We're, we're spoiled. Awesome. We're blessed. Oh, I, can't wait. I was watching Civil War, and I was like, man, can we get Thunderbolt Ross and, and She-Hulk? Sure. Absolutely. Dude, if we um, have uh, Tim Roth, there's no reason. I know, but they haven't said, and I'm like, Marvel, let's get let's get William Hurt and She-Hulk. I want to see Red Hulk. That doesn't mean shit that they haven't said. They're I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not in it. I'm just saying I hope he is so we get Red Hulk. As long as he gets to keep the mustache, because that's the dumbest. I'm part. sure. I'm sure there's like five people we still don't know are in WandaVision. For sure. I'm sure. I'm just saying. I hope he's there. Mm-hmm. All right. Peter Pan and Wendy, the new uh, the new Peter Pan adaptation uh, from Disney, has cast its Mr. Smee with Jim Gaffigan. No, I can see that. Oh, that's actually that's cute. Okay, I like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. He'll be playing off of Jude Law's Captain Hook. Oh right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. All right. I really wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> Tim Gaffigan? No, Jude Law. Jude Law. That was confirmed at the Disney Investor meeting. I know, I know. I just didn't want to be reminded. Horrible sure. casting. Horrible casting for Hook. I like Jude Law. Horrible yeah. casting for Hook. I like Jude Law a lot. Um, the Sandman. This was last week. I forgot to add this. Gwendolyn Christie has been added and has been cast in the Sandman TV series. Is this the Netflix one? Netflix is mm-hmm. doing it right? Oh my god! I can't. That's that's holy crap! That's really happening. Exciting. Yeah. I don't know if Joseph Gordon-Levitt's any any attached anymore. That dude was working on it for like seven hundred years. 
<laughs> he's not attached to this. Oh, that poor man. He loves that show. He loves that book. Oh. Um, and then Titans cast uh, Savannah Welch as Commissioner Barbara Gordon. We gotta finish Titans, bro. I know. We gotta do it. Yeah. Who is a, who is apparently a disabled person herself, and so a disabled person playing a disabled character. So is it is it she That's was nice. she was Oracle and she was Batwoman and now she's like this commissioner like and she's in a wheelchair? They didn't say that she was ever Oracle, but she definitely was Batgirl before the killing joke happened and now she's in Got a wheelchair it. and commissioner. God, she I mean she could technically be Oracle now and be the commissioner. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for that's it. That's cool. Yeah. Um yeah. Cool. cool. All right, so miscellaneous news real quick. Um Star Wars, Alan Tudyk has said that he's not in Andor at this time. I mean, that's... So, I mean, so K2SO yeah. is not in the first season so far. I mean, um, it, it could be, like, origin. Like, he hasn't he hasn't met him yet. That's fine. Whatever. That's weird. Yeah, because he was at the announcement. Yeah. I know. Oh, was he? Oh, yes. I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he was there with... He was there at the announcement for D23. It honestly could be a situation of, like, a Tatiana Maslany where, like, maybe he just hasn't done his stuff for it yet. So he's like, no, I'm not in it yet. I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not just, in it. He's just yeah. being... Being coy. Secretive. Yeah. He did He did say that he... Yeah, they, they, they kind of rushed me out for the dog and pony show. He did, said those words specifically to promote it because I'm so... I'm, I'm like, they know that I'm with that character. Yeah. Um, but at, the, at this season, I'm not in it because of filming right now. That could change. Uh, and then he said, "I hope that I'm in it because I'm getting old and I might and I won't be I won't be able to use those stilts soon." I, I that kind of sounds true. Then maybe he just isn't in the first season, which is maybe he just yeah maybe I know that's like, it kind of sucks that they kind of promised it or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bummed about that. Yeah, I I I kind of just assumed he was in it. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um. Oh well, hopefully he hopefully Andor goes past this first season and we get more. I'll meet him at the end of the season or something. He'll be in sure. There you go. You guys like Game of Thrones? I do. I've heard, I've heard of it. Well, uh, HBO Max is moving forward with a new uh, Game of Thrones prequel called Tales of Duncan Egg. <clears throat> Are you lying to me? I'm not. Okay. Um, Tales of Duncan Egg is a prequel series which follows Sir Duncan the Tall. Dunk and A. John V. Targaryen Egg, uh, ninety years prior to the events of Game of Thrones. Oh, Eggy! Oh. Eggy the guy, the guy at, at the Night's Watch, the old, the old man. Eggy, I got it. You know what I mean, Brandon Eggy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I got it, man. So many prequels happening. What's the, okay? Uh, they're just developing it. There's, there's not been a green light to series yet, so they could abandon it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I let's get that first one out first. Let's yeah, see that yeah. first one. Stop getting crazy with your big share universes, I have, guys. I have minimal, minimal interest in returning to the Game of Thrones. Well, through HBO right now, mm. even without those same guys working behind it, like I'm just, just feels like you're doing it because you need to HBO. Like, yeah, just make sure that first one's really good before you start mm. working on it. Like, just yeah, make sure Blood of the Dragon is awesome. Then we can work on the other stuff. I mean, like honestly, the, what it comes down to is that like George R. R. Martin spends years making those crafting those novels it's those been 10 years that story it's been 10 years since last he, book. he spends years crafting all that really yeah. yeah yes he spends years on it and they're gonna come in and make a show where it'll be based on some stuff he's established about pre-existing lore but the characters are not going to be as complex or interesting well there's the book that they're basing it off of 
yes, I understand that, but like it's a show where they're going to expand beyond that. I understand that book, and like they're gonna go past that book. Like it, it, it it's just yeah. Unless it's like it is gonna be of yeah. a different quality, and and to to think that it's not going to feel incongruent with the the game of thrones quality level that you had before is just wildly inaccurate like you're just you're gonna be in for a different show like you know what i would it, it just can't match they would they would never do this because they, they they would be stupid if they did this but i would love if they just not even rebooted game of thrones but the next show be a prequel but it's not in the same universe as the show they made just do it like just do a fresh version just new just, just do it a new thing and like you can talk no, about the lore. No major audience. Would, no, would I know. Return for something course, like that. But I, I get would. you. I get I you. Would. I get you. But no mainstream audience would follow that. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, just so much baggage, and I get that. But it, like, hey, it's not tied to that. Like, it is that book. Don't even worry about the show. Like, I think that would be cool. But like, that's not the world we live in. No. Yeah. Um, Paddington One and Two director Paul King <clears throat> has been hired to direct the Willy Wonka prequel movie called Wonka. Um, which will be coming out on March seventeenth, two thousand and twenty-three. I was like, I was like, you better not say twenty twenty-one. I've never heard of this. No. Uh, it's two thousand twenty-three, so it's way off. Uh, I saw a funny tweet before we get into like what we think about that. I saw a really funny tweet where they were like, Warner Brothers needs to stop erasing Johnny Depp from but giving other people his characters. With Grimes or Grindelwald and Wonka are his, and I'm like, buddy, Wonka belongs to Gene Wilder. Well, I was gonna ask, is it which one is it gonna be? Probably the Gene Wilder one, but even then, I or a generic like Wonka. I don't need this. day. He's got phones. It's a bummer because I don't need this movie. It's a bummer because those two. I've only seen Paddington one, but I know Paddington is good too. But those two Paddington movies are some of like the best, like like wholesome kids movies ever made, at sure. least for the modern generation. And it's so sad. And it's so sad that this guy, this director who's mad talented is now attached to something I have literally no desire to ever see. And of course it could be good. You know, we always say that, but like, yeah, but Wonka this like, is just not what we, but want. like, but like just hearing like they're making a Wonka origin film is like, we're gonna everything you knew was is wrong. not what you thought. And we're going to, and I'm go like, to no, the, no, no, go to no. the Oompa Loompa. Fun fact, before Wonka hated chocolate, he despised oh it. Ben, you're gonna be. You're so right. That's gonna exactly like, what's gonna happen. He eats candy, and then he's gonna meet like the love of his life. And there's then... like, there's like two avenues it can go, which is either he was always rich and inherited this. No, he and tried to be it. different, and yeah. tried to be different with how he went about it. Yeah. Or he's poor. Yeah. And he earned it. Oh, like his father owns like boring chocolate company. Or he's poor. Yeah. Either way, I'm not into it. And and like one route is just he's Charlie, but earlier oh that's he's gonna be charlie i hate it already just make a charlie the chocolate factory anyway <laughs> i can't i can't come up right now with a single way this is good but i can come up with 10 ways it's not yeah <laughs> uh okay invincible we got a first clip of invincible this week oh, uh, they oh. had a whole thing oops didn't watch it <laughs> oh it looks really good you don't uh, have to it just looks really good i'm so in i'm so ready um invincible uh will be will release we got the re the whole point of this event is that we got the release date for the invincible tv series um which will come out on march 26th they will air the first three episodes and then the rest of the series will air weekly ending on, on april 30th cool uh, we just found out they're gonna be hour-long animated episodes oh yeah um i am so excited like i i have such a good feeling about the show um i love that comic i didn't finish it again it's like 150 issues or whatever but um uh 
I'm so excited for a rated R adult animated comic book show. Uh, and it's actually like being taken seriously and people care about it. Um, I think this could, this could honestly be like, if it's as popular, like this could be like another boys. Like if people respond to it, like uh, a huge hit that everyone, like the walking dead, everyone can respond to. And again, cause superheroes are hot right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about growing up being part of a family. Like, oh, yeah, it's two months away. Animated. You don't need to worry about the the character, the actors aging out of the roles. Absolutely. Uh, Boba Fett's here. He says, yo. Boba, thank you for stopping by. I know Tatooine's real far, but uh, thanks for stopping by, my man. <laughs> um, this one, the source of this wants you to take this with a grain of salt, and I thought this was very interesting, so I decided to bring it up on the show. Uh-huh. Mark Bernardin has said that HBO Max is developing a sequel series to Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Um, I looked this. I would looked into this, because uh, I listened to... It's funny as... I listened to uh, uh, Fat Man Beyond, the Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard show, mostly for Mark Bernard now, less Kevin Smith. I love Kevin Smith, but like, I know he likes the superhero movie. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Ke- Mark Bernard is a very good foil to Kevin's uh, over, over super fanboy. Like Mark mm-hmm. Bernard is very critical on WandaVision and he's bringing me a nice perspective that I didn't see, but I also think he's just being a little too critical on it. I think, I think it is a good show. Um, but like this dude is in the industry. So if he heard like rumblings of this, I be- 100% believe it. Um, yeah. that at least they're talking about it. Um, doing so looking at looking at avenues to develop a sequel series, reunite the DC animated universe in some way, like continue that universe if, if, if that's what I it think is. They yeah. just they know that people really like that Batman animated show, yeah, and they know that that they want to profit off that. Somehow. And Kevin Conroy is not getting any younger, no, mm-hmm. so like this would be around the time to do it. Yeah, that would that would bring the animated DC shows to three with Young Justice, Harley Quinn, and a new Batman show. That doesn't seem like actually a lot, considering no. how many does Marvel? What is even Marvel putting out right now? Animated wise, I'm sure they got a Spider Man. Is Spider Man still happening? Like, is that Guardian show on? Is that Avenger? Like, what's happening with them? I don't know what they got. I lost track. Yeah, they have stuff on. Do they? Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm really on board for a continuation of the DC animated universe. I've I've seen the two movie follow ups, uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five and Batman and Harley Quinn. I like one of them. I hate the other. Yeah. Um, so like continuing that world with Kevin Conroy, um, whoever the hell played Nightwing. Shit, I'm sorry, yeah. dude. Um, oh, bring oh, them shit. in. Yeah. Let, let Let's bring back that cast. Let's continue that series. Maybe yeah. bring in some Justice League people. Uh, if you just. Uh... This could potentially be really cool because they're still working off continuity from like nineteen ninety and before. Now yeah. you have another thirty years of continuity. You can just retell those stories in a more like fa- almost family friendly way. Like and the, the 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 you can make the comic uh, the new comic the new adventures uh, comic uh, canon by bringing in Jason Todd and Deathstroke. Yeah. Man, imagine like the like Court of Owls, but like yeah, that, yeah, like that could be extra extra cool. Yeah, that's that's one that's one thing I would be okay with. Yeah, bring bring back another Batman. I'm totally Lauren Lester. That's who played uh, Robin slash Nightwing. Lauren Lester. Um, video games. We talked a little bit uh, up top already, uh, but Fortnite did bring in Sarah Connor and the T-800. Uh, so we won't spend much more on that. Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil 8. Don't you mean uh, Resident Evil Villadage? Villadage, sorry. Uh, yeah, that is that had a whole thing um, in the release date of May 7th. Yes. So yeah, there was... There was a two-minute like story trailer, and there's also like a full six-minute gameplay trailer. They also released a 20-minute gameplay demo if you have a next-gen console. I do not, so I just watched someone play it. Um, 
Yo, man. Hey, Ben, remember Resident Evil 7? Hey, um, pretty much my entire feed on like Twitter and Instagram is people saying, uh, step on me, senpai, for that big uh, uh, vampire lady. <laughs> so Resident, <laughs> Resident Evil 8 is going to be rated S for step on me, senpai. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 7 is hella spooky, but that's like all like really gross. Not that these women aren't gross. They're like vampires and like blood monsters. But like mm-hmm. Resident Evil 7, it's like a cannibal zombie family. Yeah. Uh, so like that's a little less attractive but then there's just a bunch of like hot goth girls who want to step on me and i'm like oh i'm running i'm actually i'm running oh no i trip uh, <laughs> this, this game looks so fun it looks so good um they're incorporating the inventory system from resident evil 4 Ooh. and this game is taking a lot of inspirations from resident evil 4 resident evil 4 is about you going through a village going into a castle that's exactly mm-hmm. what this game is too um Many people thought that the Resident Evil 4 remake uh, uh, announcement was going to happen here to coincide with how this game is looking. Um, that's not going to happen because this game's coming out now. It's probably a next year thing, but that's spoilers. That's coming out. Um, are we are we still doing the T virus in these games? Yeah, no, it's mutated. No. It become like the the G virus and the X virus, and like in Resident Evil 4, they're parasites. They're not even like zombies. Yeah, well, um, I remember that, but I'm like, how how are we? How are we in eight having like these this like eight foot tall woman running this village and like so that's the thing. A, a vampire and a werewolf and, and there's yeah. a big werewolf. So that's the thing that I'm so excited about this franchise because it's always been really stupid and it's always been like but it's always been grounded grounded and it's like it's science science stuff. Um, but now we're literally like almost thirty years into this into this <laughs> franchise and I'm like why not get stupid and weird? Resident Evil Four the main the main bad guy is a is a is a dwarf Napoleon uh, uh, like actor well, he's, he's, like the he's, one of the, he's one of the main antagonists he's not the main bad guy uh lord settler the cult leader he's the main antagonist but that little dwarf napoleon dude you're mentioning he is a huge foil and he is a big part of the game yeah uh and i'm just like th- th- that th- he turns into a big tentacle monster and i'm like that's not a zombie thing like it's never it's never been just been zombies like people need to maybe calm down because there's like Resident Evil 4 has giant ogre monsters that look like the trolls from Lord of the Rings. Oh, so yeah, like, okay. if there's a big werewolf man, need to calm down. It's it's all fake bullshit. Oh, I, I don't care. I was just yeah, curious yeah. where we are in the timeline. Oh no, yeah, that's why. Like, I'm just like, there is there is that sense of I'm like, how did we get here? And I'm like, even, I don't know. But even I love the movies, it. even the movies stepped away from that. Like, once you get past one, yeah, yeah, it's kind of just been like it did start off as like, oh, it's a genetic virus, and then it's now it's kind of just like magic, whatever. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> We I mean, get like eh, parasites. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. I mean, Resident Evil Four is the only Resident Evil game I actually played from beginning to end. So even when I was playing RE Four, I didn't care there was no zombies. I'm like, I'm just playing a Resident Evil game. I gotta go save the president's daughter. Yeah. Do you think anybody I, just lives in the Resident Evil universe? Um. Yeah. There. Are, there are definitely cities like a lot of the United States. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. <laughs> It depends. Uh, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's, that's what I thought. It's less the Walking Dead apocalypse, but but regular life is not. It's not regular again anymore. Yeah, like yeah. shit's just bad a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's just so like just like you're kind of trying to do stuff, but yeah. like it's probably gonna go bad. Just wait a week, and then Umbrella will release some monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's normally what happens. Anyways, going back to RE8, even though I want to go on a side tangent real quick and say that Resident Evil 4 does not need an HD remake because we have that for the PlayStation 4 and we're done with it. It's, it, But it's happening. Th- there's a difference between a remaster and a remake. And Ben, if we're going to get the quality of the games of Resident Evil 2 remake and Resident Evil 3 remake, then absolutely mm-hmm. give me a better version of a good game. Yeah. And plus, also, we're getting it regardless, so you might as well enjoy it. And and if if that goes off, then maybe they'll do five and six, and the story will be better. Uh, I, man, no. I don't think we can revisit five because 
the context of that game in well, they, well they'll call it five but they'll change it just move the entire story out of africa yeah <laughs> yeah they'll call it five but it'll be totally god. new god i wish is this the only one is eight is eight one of the few that's like a direct sequel like it's seven and eight are very connected yeah. like they're so referencing yeah, the main character from Seven is Ethan Winters. Um, all the Resident Evil games have a, a variety of different characters that show up in different games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But one, this is a direct sequel. Yes. One, one, one through three are are pretty close. Uh, yeah. Well, one, in, one and two have different. Oh, continuity, yes, but they have different uh, main characters. Right, I just yeah. mean continuity. Yeah, yeah. four is where kind of things diverge a little bit because Leon Kennedy was a main character in Resident Evil Two, and after everything ha- went down Raccoon City, he moved on with his life, and now he's in Spain Palooza. Yeah, Spain of Palooza. Yeah. Anyways, so I did not watch the gameplay trailer for Resident Evil 8. I just watched the story trailer for RE8. And I actually really want to play this game. Yeah. And you just look at watching the story not knowing a whole lot. But I do remember when we did briefly play Resident Evil 7 for Base Arcade last year or in 2019, I loved it. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. I mean, I don't shadow for crying out loud. But I'm looking. <laughs> Remember yeah. when you you uh you shoved an axe into your wife's neck? Wasn't that awful? That's yeah. her trailer. <laughs> She's alive. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, I'm looking forward to RE8 can't, or can't wait for that to come out, and uh, most likely probably gonna get it. Based on arcade, baby. Okay. Uh, trailers. He talk. We only got three this week. Uh, oh, sorry. Resident Evil Eight also has a multiplayer mode that doesn't look very good. Reverse, yes. Yeah, reverse. reverse. It's a it's a like three v three or six v six multiplayer mode. Where you just you play as Claire and you shoot Leon, and then I'm like, wow, it looks. Hey, like I'm it. like, I like that you turn into zombie monsters. I though. do too, but it looks boring as hell. Hey, if it plays fun, then I don't. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it it's free with the game. It's free. Yes, it is free. It's like Doom multiplayer. You don't go there for the multiplayer, but it's there. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. All right, uh, Space Sweepers, which is a movie. Apparently, I thought it was a series. I also we yeah. did too. Yeah, uh, looks great. Yeah, I still I'm want. Super stoked. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, um, like like sal- salvaging Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I'm I'm totally into it. I yeah. like the robot. Reminds me of Ben. Doesn't that robot remind you of like a robot from Near? It does. Yeah, like same type oh, of. Totally does. Uh, a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of about oh well the machines from Near. Uh, Space people. It looks like it's bombastic looking. It looks crazy. If you got I love like, the cast. You got a bunch of misfits so trying far. to. Run many. I mean, it, it, to me, it, it, this looks like a really cool, batshit crazy cowboy bebop episode. Yeah, but yeah. done in live action. I yeah. thought when we got the trailer initially, the first trailer, I thought this was cowboy bebop. God, Ooh. I, I definitely when we were watching it, I was like, so cowboy bebop's gonna be good. Yeah, oh <laughs> and guys, that show, like we would have like had that show almost out by now, but remember, uh, uh, John John Cho. That's the name. Yeah. He got like super hurt and they had to stop production for like six months. Um, and then COVID. And then COVID. So like Cowboy Bebop would have been like out by now. And like yeah. that, that's the world. Yeah. And Kirk, we got the- going back on Space Sweepers, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is South Korean made, right? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks, looks really great. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, Superman and Lois got a first proper trailer of what the show is going to look like. Somebody saved me. I thought this was good. I like this. I didn't. Yeah, I'm. I'm leaning. I'm probably leaning towards the Ben camp where I I didn't think it looked very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't I, the vibe the vibe feels too man of steel to me. Exactly. Yes. Ex- oh my god, that was the first thing I thought of when I got, when this trailer was over. I was like, this is really dark. Why does it feel way too man of steel? This Look, not okay, that, here's, here's all my only thing is that like I these aren't new characters. I've seen these characters on Supergirl tons of times at this point. Mm-hmm. This tone feels uh, inconsistent. Yeah. To those characters that I've seen. That's fair. The color, um, the color palette. You, okay. So we didn't talk about this a while ago when it was first released, but uh, Tyler Hoshan's new Superman costume. I don't like it. Oh, I like it. I, I don't. It. I hate it. I, I don't know why. It's just, I don't like it when they um, bring, cause I love a huge S shield, kind of like the Alex Ross Superman S shield where it's just big. Mm-hmm. And even on the original costume for Tyler Hoechlin, I loved how like the cape went into the shield a little bit and just draped back. I really dug that. I do like the clasps, yeah. Yeah, with the clasps. This one just looks like, oh, we're gonna make a smaller shield, and I just don't like it when they do smaller shields. I, I will, I, I will say, uh, look, Ben, I get it. Um, uh, the shield size doesn't bother me. What does bother me in a Superman costume is if you give him a collar. I think that looks a little too totalitarian for Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, this isn't injustice. Yeah, you know, this isn't fifty-two, um, but you know what? I, 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 uh, I, I didn't really had that much to say about it it looked kind of a little too cw meets man of steel and that was kind of turned me off with the i'm not crazy about the two children the two son teenage son drama that we're getting in this trailer where they're well it looks like they're now discovering that their dad is superman and i'm like but i do really like tyler hoshel and superman and i'm willing to give this a shot for that alone i i will give it a shot because i also do agree tyler hoshel is a great superman um i forgot the the actor who plays Lois, because I really like her a whole lot too, as Lois. I think it's really funny that this is the show that's going to get you guys to come back to the CW. <laughs> I think that's. I really want to be. I want to be very clear. I didn't say I was watching. I think it's entirely likely that I will not watch this. I know. I just say it's just. I come on every week, and I'm like, y'all should be watching Supergirl, and you're like, well, I'll check out that Superman that looks all right. I, I'll I'll watch an episode of something. I'm still trying to get through other shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, uh, Here's the thing. I will get back into Netflix Marvel before I get back into CW DC. That's good. That's that's. I'm not gonna say that's yes. That's the thing to do. I'm not trying to sell you on the CW universe. I'm trying to sell you on specific shows. <laughs> uh, I, you're definitely right about like the Man of Steel thing. I didn't think about that, but like I, 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 I as opposed to Zack Snyder, there will still there there was still like elements of like the positivity positivity that Superman brings. And like an ending on him, like, you know, what Superman means to people and stuff like that. And, yeah. I, and I do think it is a, this probably isn't the best trailer for what, for like the universe or whatever, but like, I did. I very thought it was. It's very somber. Yeah. Nothing, nothing about it is telling me this is a bad show. I just don't think this is a very good trailer. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I, I come out to is I'm just like, this just doesn't, this doesn't match the tone that these characters have been up to this point. Yes. And that is a little jarring, especially like any Supergirl trailer doesn't look this way. This oh, is, not at this all. This is very bizarre yeah. to, to tone shift like that because yeah. super, and I worry about that. That does make me worry only a little bit because I'm like, maybe their logic is Supergirl is the optimistic bright hero show that, yeah. that, that was their Superman show essentially I don't... in tone. And I don't want them to feel like they can't have the same. Yeah persona tone if i'm being honest this reminds me of like that bad smallville um advertisement like from like 10 years ago where it's like all like the sexy and like like sex drugs and rock and roll welcome to smallville and like that's (laughs) not the reference to show i do i now that like the man of steel thing is brought up like yeah this absolutely felt like 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 a bvs trailer like a man of steel like like with like the somber music i think that might be just to get people in 
but I, th- mm-hmm. I still think it's probably going to be like one of those CW shows. I, I, I hope I, so. I highly suspect so. Again, yeah. like it really does just come down to I hope I hope that they don't feel like they have to be so different from Supergirl yeah. that they become in inconsistent to the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 as somebody who hasn't watched those shows in a while, I, I think. I don't have to worry about that. Because the thing is, like, the reason I... Uh, one of the reasons, there are a lot of reasons why I tote that Supergirl's one of the better CW shows, but one of them is because they nailed that optimism. They nailed it. She is the bright, optimistic beacon of Hope Hero. Mm-hmm. They, they, they nailed it, and then they nailed Lex Luthor being the opposing force to that. So, I... We'll see. Do we know John Cryer is in the show? I don't think so. Okay. As of now, I don't think he is, but... Yeah. He knew it was coming, and he was excited for it. Cool. Uh, and then finally, after uh, many, many months of no marketing, the Godzilla vs. Kong marketing kicked off with a trailer. Hell yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong trailer is finally here. Get it on till I die. Get it on till I die. That's what I thought of when I watched this trailer. I wish they used that song. No, it would, I think I can recut it and only go work. I really, I really, uh, one of my biggest takeaways from this, from this trailer uh, is that the cinematography in... Godzilla vs. Kong will be really good uh, compared to what I had a problem with in Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is tons of particle effects hiding the monsters in obscure rain and snow and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one looks like ne- bright neons, like daytime. I'm, I'm into that. I want a, a clear monster battles or at least visually interesting monster battles like Pacific Rim. I'm into that. Let's go back. Yeah, that. yeah. I do like the neon city. That setting. one shot almost looks like Pacific Rim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanna, yes, absolutely. It very much echoes that. I this, I think overall this is a, a good trailer. I think totally it knows what it's trying to deliver. Mm-hmm. Ryan, we kind of talked about on the Kaiju Ramen episode that uh, the... I think the Godzilla King of the Monsters trailers, while wonderful, absolutely beautiful, were actually not showing us what that movie was because they were trying to convey a much heavier, loftier, artistic idea of what that movie was. Whereas this feels very much like with the, when the music kicks in, it's just like, yo, this is going to be, this is going to go get him. He going to get him. Like, it's, <laughs> that's, your best. That's, that's the vibe I want. And I'm like, you know, that's probably pretty accurate of what the movie is. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're selling it that way. However, I want to note, well, I think this is a good trailer. The opening is bizarre. Uh, and I don't just mean like s- some of the details of what we see or anything like that. It is just a weird way to open a trailer. It's It just opens with this weird kind of you can't make sense of what's happening. Uh, mountain explosion crashing into a city. And there's really no context around it. Those opening shots. I'm just like, what are you telling me? Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. Because like logically, knowing how the rest of the trailer goes, I should have seen Godzilla there in the city. It should have set me up for Godzilla's doing something. Yeah. But it's just, it's all just like unconnected. And I know what the, the argument is about what's in one of the shots, but even then that's still so unclear and vague, especially if you're just casually watching the trailer. I'm like, this is, this is a very weird way to open it. Hey, everything else, well, I don't, I don't know if it is. Cause it's, it, it, it has the line Kong is our only hope. So I'm I'm connecting the dots. If I'm not, if I don't even know anything about the, this movie, if I'm connecting the dots, okay, something's attacking the city. We need Kong to fight it back. Yeah, uh, that's what I assumed. I guess yeah. I just think it's a. I don't think it's a very good way to open the trailer. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, if, uh, yeah, I don't know if I 100 agree what I what I said, but like yeah, I, that, I can see that. I don't <laughs> need to agree. It's my opinion, bitch. <laughs> um, go, go get him. Play some go, bets. Go get him. <laughs> It, it it definitely 
it, it, I did prefer, really. It does. It is going to do more of what I like of the monster movies, monster first movies so far, which is uh, diving more into the mythology of the Titans, uh, where they came from, and I'm apparently so... a war with uh, Godzilla and Kong species. Apparently, I don't know if that's true. I don't think yeah. it's. I do, I think them. that's misdirection. Well, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. Just... I think the audio is misdirection. Yeah. I think yeah. I what whatever they're referring to with Kong, I think Kong and Godzilla species are the last survivors yeah. of fighting something else. I think they're talking which about which I think is whatever that that really interesting has me curious shot is where the bat creature is flying down towards Kong and he's standing on some like blue glowing crystals that yeah. that kind of look like Godzilla's tail, but they're not. Um, there's a shot of Godzilla, Godzilla of King Kong and there's like mountains above him and that's not how mountains work so everyone thinks he's in the in the hollow earth and there's like everyone has to go to the hollow earth for some reason and Godzilla's or King Kong's like the key or yeah. something uh big blue uh, port- skull yeah. island skull island is a it has Water. a has a lot of entries to the hollow earth absolutely yeah, yeah. so uh anyway like I think that's audio misdirection I don't think that mm-hmm. that's I think there's a lot of audio misdirection in the film. I have thought about since we talked earlier about the Godzilla being actually being Mecha Godzilla, and we're going to find that out kind of thing. And I have unsold myself on that idea pretty hard. Yeah. Which is because I don't think aliens are in this movie. I don't think so either. So let me start there. I don't think aliens are in this movie, and I do not believe that the human beings are sophisticated enough to have built a Mecha Godzilla and put realistic skin over that mecha godzilla to look so accurately like the true godzilla that kong can't differentiate it i I, i'm with you (laughs) i'm with you on that i don't think it's possible that monarch as we've seen them in the three movies so far can build a mecha godzilla and yet here we are no 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 don't misunderstand i can buy mecha godzilla i cannot even buy that i cannot buy mecha godzilla who also has skin perfectly looking like Godzilla, like the original but see, 1974 film. I don't film. want Godzilla if he's not going to have the skin rip off. Then, like, you, you, give me, it's like the whole point of that thing, so, right? T- tough. Yeah. See, like, uh, see, my thing is, my thing is, if you've made me buy already that you can, that these humans could build Godzilla, then it's not that far of a step for me to assume that they put the realistic skin on it. May I, may I put like my optimistic spin? We know there's a mecha creature. I will say mecha creature in this. Yeah. Um, I think would like to believe it is Charles Dance's thing with Ghidorah. Yeah. The Ghidorah head is being used to cause Godzilla to behave the way he was, just like Ghidorah was causing the other monsters to do shit in the previous one. They figured out how to do it to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So they're making Godzilla like this. The Ghidorah head has been adapted onto a mecha creature's body that is modeled after Godzilla. So it's like a Mecha Ghidorah Godzilla hybrid. Yeah, that makes and sense. And that's what it is. I just, I guess the thing is like, Godzilla is not a bad guy. So it's guy. Ghidorah, but with like, one head. Godzilla's not a bad guy so far in this universe. He, he saved the world twice. He's, a, he's the reluctant protector of Yeah, Europe. so like, just like, I don't, even if it's like brain brain control, that's something you did in the last movie. So that's, it feels lazy to me. I, feel I like am it, really excited to see, I am really excited to see this Godzilla go on a rampage though. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. again, but for story reasons, you yeah. set it up. We're like, this dude's the hero, and like, we just did any avenue that I see this movie going, it fe- seems lazy to me. And so, I just don't want a boring finale to my big Godzilla and there's, movie. And there's no way of knowing for sure until we see the film, but yeah. I have seen some interesting thoughts out there that are like, it is, it, it is unlikely this movie will ponder this question as far as it should. Yeah. But it is an interesting concept to think about why Godzilla, the, the established protector of the Earth, 
would turn against human beings. Yeah. And if you were willing to follow that plot line to an actual through fruition, which is, is Godzilla just aware of what they're building? The Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. And they're messing with radiation. He's like, yo, that's messing with the balance. And he's like, I'm not, he's not here to protect people. Yeah. He's here to protect the planet. Yeah. And those are two different things. That's true. And so if that's the narrative that, that Godzilla's running on, if it's not just like mind control, but it's actually like, yo, you're messing with, there are human beings messing with the balance. And they're like, he's attacking human beings. And he's like, well, these human beings yeah. are bad. Then that's that's that. Yeah, that, that actually does make a lot of sense. It just seems like there are, there's multiple fights between Godzilla and Kong in multiple different locations. I, and I, I'm like, any avenue this goes, I'm just like, it seems... Uh, I 100% yeah. agree with you. And I'm yeah. like, that that's totally there. But I, I do... I highly doubt that they will follow through these things into the most interesting ways. Yeah. But those interesting ways still exist, and it's nice to ponder that those possibilities are still ahead of us. I will I... also say all of the MonsterVerse films, all of them are notorious for showing shit in their trailers that's not true. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. All of them. Um, a lot of money that they spend to do it. I don't know why, <laughs> but they do it. As far as this trailer goes, I did really enjoy this trailer. Um, but I really like Godzilla 2014. I really like Kong Skull Island. I find Godzilla King of the Monsters to be enjoyable, but fine. And because the director writer of that film is the writer of this film, already my expectations are like, well, at least we'll probably get another enjoyable fine. And and the last movie that the guy who directed this movie was the Death Note movie. So like, of course, the, the guy, he's directed good movies before that, but the last movie was Death Note. So that's just yeah. what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. So it's the creative team initially... I'm not super on board. Like, but again, like my expectations. It's nice to lower the expectations, though. Yeah, I'm just here for now, and now I'm here for instead of like a in like a monster movie with depth. Now I'm just going for a, a fun slobber knocker. I think the other the other important. Thing sorry, is like, I'm sorry. A slobber knocker. Yeah, a slob. That's a, that's like a like a beat em up. That's a I haven't up. heard that term before. It's funny. I think, the, I think the other important thing to what Brandon said is that Michael Dougherty, yes, he did the the last Godzilla film and he wrote it and he directed it, um, but he's also had great hits yeah. and just because Godzilla King, the monsters didn't land in the writing department as well. Doesn't mean that when this one came along, he didn't like Correct. kick it, kick it up a notch and knock it out of the park. That could have happened too. So I totally understand like, you know, set your expectations low. It's always better to do that anyway. Um, but Michael Dougherty has done great things. Yeah. So it's possible that that could still spin around on us and he could be like, yo, I like, it totally could be a thing because he was doing these back to back where he thought of good ideas and he's like, oh no no, Kong Kong versus See, that's, where that comes out. That's where like that's where I worry because he did do these back to back and like his thought process was the same for both movies kind of in a way it seems like we'll or, or like we'll see. Um, yeah, like this is of all the movies coming out this year again besides Dune, like this is the one where I do wish I could see on a big screen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's it. Uh, and, so, and did you have any? You didn't get to say much about Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, uh, one thing is I kind of bump. I mean, I'm biased. I'm Team Godzilla all the way, kind of like what Mag said in our chat. Um, I freaking love Godzilla, and this trailer seemed like Godzilla was gonna get his ass kicked, and I don't like that. Got his ass kicked in the first movie too. I mean, Ben, like, just 100. It won't matter because they're gonna team up in the end. Yeah, I know. I know. Either way, I mean, this trailer looks. Sorry, sorry, real quick. Like trying to separate Godzilla versus Kong on like who's who's better is like doing the Cap Iron Man stuff when yeah. something was coming out. And it's like, guys, I, I we all knew it didn't matter in the yeah. end. Neither one was gonna come yeah. out on top and be like, oh, he beat him. <laughs> yeah. Besides that, I'm I'm getting two famous monsters duking it out. I'm excited. I'm stoked. 
Um, I just I can't wait to see it. I am bummed I'm not gonna be able to see this in theaters because I can only imagine how kick-ass it's gonna be when Godzilla breaches the water and he, and hopefully his theme plays and then him and Kong start duking it out on that battleship. Um, there's I really hope that we've already gotten one callback to the first King Kong versus Godzilla movie with him chained on the boat. I really hope we get another one with Kong, guess, with Kong the- shoving the tree in Godzilla's mouth. Give it to me. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> I owned that movie. Ryan, are, are, are there any? Do we know if any other kaiju are in this movie? Uh, there are other kaiju, but we don't know if there are other established kaiju. We've seen the the bat swinging creatures. I I've heard Mothra thrown around a bunch because of the egg. Yeah. So I just feel like you don't make like again like like if this is like the big finale movie and it only has two monsters in it. That seems kind of weird. Well, that's because I don't think that anyone ever thought it was the last one yeah you know it was a big team up it's thing, the but first I, of but i think it was movie, it was exactly yeah exactly mm-hmm. okay well i do think i do think rodan rodan and mothra are going to be in this one it, uh, i think a lot of people a lot of people will feel like godzilla is going to get rodan and mothra on his side yeah that it's going to be the four of them against whatever the last things things are yeah because i think there's more than one uh entity i think the mecca is just part of the whole yeah but mm-hmm. we'll see yeah, uh, and then there's going to be plenty of original kaiju because they love making new kaiju. Uh-huh. I was about to say, wasn't Destroya one of the names that we heard for being like the big bad round? Yeah. Oh, oh. I I saw to- I I I saw toys of this movie, so I don't even want to. I know things. Well, I've uh, seen all the toys for this movie. What are you talking about? We've all seen the toys. I've seen all the yeah. toys. Okay, so we don't make Godzilla's in this movie then, because I just saw a toy of Mechagodzilla. Well, so my my whole thing with that is that, like, there have been toys for the other ones that those monsters weren't in those movies. So I'm like, I I, I know what you're saying. There was three toys. It's Kong, Godzilla, and Mechagodzilla. There's more than three toys that they've no, shown. No, I'm saying one toy on. Sure. There's more. He's in the movie. Come on, guys. He, uh, he, I never with... said he wasn't. I've been, no, the, I've been the one saying he is from the beginning. General statement. Yeah. I, I, think, I think this movie is going to be... Maybe more boring story-wise. I mean, not as exciting. I, I still stand by that. I I I think that specific line that Brandon brought up earlier, which is, uh, they they're a warring species. I and thought they're, they're talking the about last Kong. I think I, it's Kong. Stuff. I think that's misdirection. Yeah, I think that's that, Kong stuff. I think it's Kong and Godzilla were the last of their species fighting something else. Oh, okay. And we're gonna see that something else again. I go back to that that mm. hollowed Earth shot. Destroy. I do not think mm-hmm. that has anything to do with the Mecha thing. Yeah. I think that's something else. Like that whole attack with the back creatures and everything. That is something else. Yeah. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a battle in the Hollow Earth. Because Get ready. Um, I really I really like the idea that Kong and Godzilla had a shared history, um, or not this Kong and this Godzilla, but their species. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the MonsterVerse mythology. I, I would like more to dive into it. Same. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Uh, that's all the news. Uh, so we'll get into our main topic now. I gotta. All right, so full spoilers for the new film, Promising Young Woman. Get it on VOD right now. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, full spoilers. What do we all think of this one? I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I also really enjoyed it. Ben? Yeah, this is a really good movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. It's a promising good movie, some oh, would say. Lord. It's a it's a movie that goes places I didn't think it would go. And I think the trailers... Mm-hmm didn't 
didn't miss direct, but I think told us maybe this movie was going to be a little like more extreme mm -hmm. than it actually was, which I kind of liked, uh, except for the end, which was very I, extreme. I loved spending the whole movie like wondering, does she murder people? She's she gonna. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she because, because the trailer never told us that's what happened. Yeah. But I always wondered, like, yo, is she killing men or I don't think she murdered she just, anyone. Except I don't for, think she murdered anyone yeah, until the end when she tried or, or, or was going to at least do something bad. I think she was just going to like write his, or like carve his name into his or carve Nina's name. But that's well, going too far. Did anyone else get? Because um, I got killed, major kill Bill, kill Bill vibes from this movie while I was watching it. I mean, not let, not in the whole "I'm going to murder everyone," but in the whole "I'm out for revenge" sort of spiel. Especially, no, not so much. Uh, I, I, Ryan and I definitely had the shared brain experience where we were watching a particular scene, and Ryan uttered a sentence that I was literally about to come out of my mouth, which was, "This is a better Joker movie than Joker." And this, I, I was, said, "This is the movie Joker wish it could be." Yes, exactly. Tackling the subject matters that it's tackling with like mental health and like how people deal with things and, um, and trauma and, and yeah. like all of that. I'm like, "This is this is that. Yeah. This is that way better." Um, and and I, I I'll say the same thing here that I said to him, which is like I hesitated to say it because I don't really want to put this in the same conversation with Joker, but yeah. I I do see that that connection. The scene in particular was the one where she comes out of the car and she hits the truck with the crowbar, um, yeah. where we went, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is I thought this was like her snapping moment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And again, it wasn't like that. That doesn't that doesn't actually ever happen in the movie. Which it I was think... it was her snapping moment in the other direction. Yes, in the other direction. Because yeah. she she's like, this is too much. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going too far because right after that is when she goes to Nina's mom. Oh, that's right. Um, yes, I really like this. Um, there are a lot of fantastic articles uh, out there. Before we get into this too deep, uh, talking about all the kinds of different perspectives, both like uh, written by people who uh, have deep understanding of survivors' remorse uh, in terms of sexual assault, um, uh, queer representation, all kinds of things that are just rampant uh, in analysis of this film. And uh, it, I recommend seeking those those articles out. I have not had the time to read all of them myself, um, but I want to. Uh, I also want to acknowledge that like, I know uh, when this movie came out that there was a massive amount of people who uh, were giving it attention just like we are. And a lot of them are men and uh, a lot of them have opinions and I don't agree with them. and. Uh, I we can only offer a certain kind of perspective. So I do want to recommend like there's articles written by people who have gone through uh, sexual assault, rape, um, who have had friends who have suffered through it, who have friends who they've lost to suicide because of it. Uh, and a lot of those pieces are out there analyzing what this film does does well and what this film doesn't do as well in, in their opinions of that representation. And I recommend seeking those out because we are just not not privy enough to we're not equipped to do that. Yeah. Um, so please do that, but we're going to do our best yeah. to be thoughtful and critical at the same time. What, what, what I really liked about the movie, and again, going into it, I thought it, the, the marketing made it almost seem kind of like a Joker movie, yeah, like, yeah. where this is a lady doing this thing and like, like she becomes like this, like anti-hero mm -hmm. or something. Um, that's not what the movie is. And that's what I really like about it. Uh, I'm glad the marketing didn't kind of show you what it actually was. Um, mm -hmm. it's someone dealing with, with trauma in, in the only way that she can, it's by hurting other people who are doing bad things, right? That's like what she's doing, what she's doing is, 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 <laughs> it's, it's morally wrong, but justifiable in a way, you know what I mean? Like these, these are creeps and she's trying to help other people. Um, 
but she she is also so damaged as a person because of her past and it's like this is such a good character study and and carrie mulligan man why isn't she in every movie like are you kidding me dude she was so good in this movie and she's so vulnerable and also so strong at the same time um honestly funny enough i think the, some of my favorite stuff is the stuff with the parents clancy brown's a great yeah. just dad he never gets to play just a dude being a dad um you get a lot of really good character stuff just with them eating dinner together. And it like, mm -hmm. uh, I, I found this movie to be subtly like really emotional in a way I didn't expect it to be. Um, and something I, I think that the film did a really good job of just like addressing and dodging pretty early on that the trailer didn't tell me. And, and I'm fine with that, but like it was, it was really nice. And I, I know there are people who share this opinion uh, that it's that she's not the victim herself. Mm -hmm of of this that she's she is specifically going through like i i really like a piece that that talks about i'm gonna find it real quick there's a piece that talks about this specifically from the vantage point of survivor's remorse um uh it's on l.com so e-l-l-e.com you can look up promising young woman um devastating portrait of survivor's remorse and you'll find it uh that in particular is a really good piece because that is very much who Carrie Mulligan's character is. Uh, and I just, I really like that we don't have to, that the trauma that's put upon Nina is not what's put upon Cassie mm -hmm. and therefore is not like a one for one of like people who suffer this turn into sociopaths. Like you can't draw that line. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the film is able to have conversations about rape, to have conversations about the way men treat women and all that, but without saying, this will make you this kind of messed up uh, and, and act like that's, and also not act like that's justifiable either. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad that it, it's able to be more nuanced and more complex because Cassie is not herself the victim, but rather the, the person she cared about most is the victim. Right. Um, and I thought they did a really great job of, of sidestepping that by having that be the character origin. Um, Emerald, uh hold on emerald fennel uh is the writer and director of this film and uh she did a great job yeah, yeah. Uh, i really like seeing sorry my back's killing me um, i really like seeing uh, uh different perspectives i talked about it a lot with like birds of prey but like uh i really like seeing different perspectives of uh filmmaking from a different eye uh we uh, see so often we see so often the male eye, the male gaze talk with, with this, but this time we, you know, it's a, a female director and you, you, you just get a different uh, eye, a different look into a different world. Not, not only that, but a, a non-male gaze mirror onto male gaze yeah. um, in a lot of the scenes, which I thought, I thought was, was done in such a way where I, I'd like to believe that even in, what 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 I think commonly gets referred to at this point is microaggressions, even like the really like kind men, good men, ourselves, honestly, can look at ourselves and be like, when have I been that guy though? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When when have I been that person specifically? Mm -hmm. um, I I think one that would come to mind would be like uh, um, 
I forget his name. I only want to say McLovin. I know that's not it. Plus, uh, <laughs> thank you. When when he's doing the uh, "You'd look so beautiful without makeup" part. God, yeah. Um, I used to be in my early twenties. I was absolutely like, "You don't need to wear makeup. You're so beautiful." I'm like, "Fuck you, dude." Like right, God. That, that that kind of guy. Um, certainly, like I, I've definitely said that sentence yeah. uh, at least once in my life. Um, and and I thought that was that that you're able to get a lot of those different um, opportunities to criticize different men on various levels of of how they treat people yeah um yeah i just i i really liked that i didn't know what the film was going to do with her i was constantly like the music in particular is the music of a of a horror movie Mm -hmm. is the music of a movie where I think she's gonna murder people. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's where even this is the going. first guy, Jerry. Um, um, who's the actor from? He's from the OC. Adam Brody. Adam Brody. Yeah. Uh, um, when when she leaves his place, she has red on her leg, and I immediately said, "Oh, she murdered him." And then she's eating a jelly donut. Yeah. yeah. So immediately I'm like, okay. And then and then uh, at the very end, like mm-hmm. when she's with that when she's with the guy leaving the diner with the fedora, um. Uh, he's like, oh, you're that crazy lady Jerry hooked up with or whatever. So, like, we know he, he didn't die. So, I'm like, okay, so she's never killed anyone. Well, okay. and, and I was going to say even earlier than that, we get to the the book with the the, the, the lines yeah. and everything. And there's blacks and reds. Yes. And some guys' names are in red and some guys' names are in black. And I'm like, okay, so Jerry's probably not dead. But are the reds dead? Yeah. Are the reds <laughs> dead, guys? Yeah. Well, you also you also kind of question how far she goes for anyone because what she does with Alison Brie, you're left you're left hanging whether or not she paid a guy to rape Alison Brie. Absolutely. Yes. That, yeah. was, that oh one that one definitely like pushes you over a line of you're like okay, so she's like murdering men, sometimes. kidnapping daughters. Uh, yeah, it, it, like the the daughter one then pushed me back. I'm like. Okay, so maybe there's more to that Allison Brie one than we think. Yeah. And I'm glad that that conversation comes back around to where she's like, you know, he just took you to the hotel room and made sure you were fine. That was it. The part that threw me for the loop was when she lures, essentially lures that 16 or that high school girl who was a fan of the uh, boy band literally into her car. Wet dreams? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I was just like, yikes. Love wet dreams, yeah. But then when she's talking to the dean and she mentions, oh, they're like, I was like, oh, shit, because I thought, oh, she actually is in that dorm room with a bunch of guys with vodka and something. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. And then she's like, no, don't worry. And then she's like, I yeah, don't worry about it. She's at a diner. You better call the diner make sure that she's still <laughs> to let her know that you're on your way. I was like, I kind of had a side relief. That's where I got the Kill Bill vibes from. Mm-hmm. Because where she had, a le- like, before every, like, victim of hers, um, I know, I mean, I'm using that term very loosely, but Allison Brie's character, Madison, the uh, Dean Walker, and then eventually all the way down to um, Al Monroe, mm-hmm. she kind of had like a hit list of people who essentially weren't there, who, who wronged Nina, and eventually and, and helped in getting in Nina's um, in Nina's predicament. Yeah, Ben, but, I have a question. Have you seen Bill? Have you seen Kill Bill? Yes, I've seen Kill Bill. Okay, just making sure. Dude, that's like my favorite Tarantino movie. Of course, I've seen it. Just had to ask. Sometimes you reference movies you haven't seen. Uh, Is it, not a criticism. You do it. We all know it. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, when she's essentially telling the dean, like, "Oh yeah, your daughter's in a room alone with a whole bunch of boys, and they're drunk out off their ass." So. Yeah, it's like, where is she? He's like, oh, it's in the room. Where well, now? No, specifically, specifically, she says, I took your daughter to that dorm room. It looked like they had some vodka bottles there. Yeah. yeah. The dean knows 
that that's yeah. not a good place. She she connects the dots. The dean yeah. connects the dots, tricking the dean into realizing that into what what Carrie Mulligan's trying to get her to that she does remember the incident. She does know what that is, and that dorm has had a problem uh, a, yeah. after or before. So yeah. she's tricking her into remembering. Yeah, right. Not only that, and just like the the ultimate point of it, like I guess it means different things to you if it's someone you care about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's. That is really important. But the thing yeah. is, like, you still can't remember the details enough to know which dorm room it is. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon, like, just kind of counters that point that you were saying up that um, any guy's dorm room where they have a bunch of vodka is a is a problem on that campus. Because she says these accusations happen one to two times a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the time. Uh, can't ruin a guy's life over them. That kind of thing. Uh, because her her whole downfall is, like, she doesn't know what the room is right in that moment. Um no idea mm -hmm. uh it, and that's and that's her her trap is like you know if you gave a crap if you remembered she'd be she'd be more forgiving about it um speaking of forgiveness i think that's a good segue into the alfred molina presence which was an interesting one and and oh. i found myself in a place where i didn't i didn't want her to give him forgiveness but then then as the scene was passing i i was grateful that she did yeah um because he was about to die <laughs> Uh, because mm -hmm. like, well, uh, to be honest with you, I was still at a point where I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and I thought Alfred Molina might be faking it. Oh, okay. And I don't think she was going to let him get killed. I think he, he was going to get beat up. Oh, just beat up. I don't think she was going to, I, I, I stand by that. I don't think she's done anything to cause anybody's death. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Just like massive sadness. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, like rude awakening kind of shit, but not, um, but not murder. I don't yeah. think she ever did yeah. anything to to en enter that line. I don't think Alfred Molina would have been the first to do it. Yeah. But it definitely, I really like that scene. She's very much thrown for a loop when he remembers her name. Mm -hmm. He he remembers details. He remembers all of it. He's clearly like he's traumatized by what he did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it 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 affects him in a deep way, and it's it's nice the way that that comes back around at the end of the film that she she knows he is reliable to to want to do something for this, mm -hmm. uh, which is really nice. Yeah, uh, really. That was one of the few notes I wrote down is that I really liked Alpha Marina's Molina's uh, presence uh, in the film. This is a great cast. Yeah, uh, uh, Bo Burnham, Alfred Molina, Adam Brody, uh, Christopher <clears throat> Platts. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name, but the guy that plays Al Monroe is from not uh, Zac Efron. Is from Glow, and he's fantastic. Yeah. Not uh, Zac Efron, you're so love, right. I'm Bo, gonna look it up. I love Bo Burnham uh, um, from from stand up comedy, and he's he's like an incredibly talented musician and comedian. Um, yeah. And he still gets to like be Bo Burnham in this in a little bit. Like he's like he's like uh, you, you, I love you, you piece of shit. And I'm like that's just you know I love that the kind of humor like works for me. Um, they felt really natural. He feels like a really natural actor. Um, mm -hmm. It's something. It's funny because like I never thought he'd be an actor, but like I think he's a really good natural actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's just like talking to talking to the lady and like oh. it's real natural and like the chemistry is real. It's but, devastating when he becomes one of oh, the yeah. one of the guys. Oh yeah. I was really hoping and praying that Bo Burnham was the one squeaky clean person in the in the movie. Yeah. Or at least the one that was involved in um Nina and Cassie's friend group. He was like the one person who didn't do who was like the true like the, the golden child. The one that is like, yeah, he you deserve this. If really he wasn't great. if he wasn't at that party, he would have been. He would have been, but that even though he didn't do anything, he was still there and still complicit. But uh, Chris Chris Lowell, real quick. Chris Lowell is the name of the guy who played Al Monroe. Max Greenfield is also Joe uh, yeah. Schmidt from New Guy. I love him. Yeah. Um, new yeah. Girl. New Girl, sorry. New Guy. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, Ben, you were saying. Uh, no, I was like, because when um the second Madison mentioned a video, there, there was a tape, I was like, shit, this is the, because like, when, this is the shoe. This is the shoe that drops because destroy Ryan. And then, of course, we hear his name very loudly. And it's like, he, oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because I was just scanning cash shit. This is going to be a moment for Brandon and I. Brandon, the detective was Paula's husband from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, shit. That's where you knew him from, because I was looking at his face the whole time, and I'm like, I, where is he from? <laughs> that's funny. I had no that's, idea. That's Steve Monroe. Um, yeah, uh, Bo, Bo Burnham's character, Ryan, you just, the whole time, I'm like, it's it's going to go... It's gonna the other shoe's gonna drop. See, he's, gonna, I was, he's gonna screw it up. I was convinced at this point he was a good guy and she was gonna do something and he was gonna go, Oh, you've gone too far. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out, nah, you you you're a you you're bad. You're bad. You gross man. <laughs> you gross man. Uh-oh. And it sucks because what I what I like about this movie is even the people who seem like the nicest, nicest ones, like 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 the stuff with Al at the end, yeah, I think is so effing good because it shows you that like no matter how someone you think they might have changed and like they could they could have actually changed, there's still a part of them that is this bad person. Yeah, and like and like Bo Burnham calls her a failure, and I'm like, yeah, that's too far. That's that's not like that. He is a bad person. I was gonna God say both both Ryan and Al's characters have this wonderful amount of the Christopher Mintz Platt's characters has it too, but yeah. Al and Ryan really uh they really centralize that that childish panic reaction yeah to being accused of something it's this violent uh, aggression towards being challenged in your character yeah being challenged about who you are and and uh and that lashing out that 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 kind of thing that like you know that's what's so uncomfortably scary about those guys yeah uh the, the people who will lie and hide shit like even that. she says because, that even there like the the nicest ones are the ones you have to worry about or something right because yeah. it's not it's not an admittance of you know uh that was really messed up or anything they, they immediately turn into how can i spin this how can i maintain uh what i have how can i maintain the idea of me being this good person how can i make this person understand that's not me how can i establish that they shouldn't ruin my life over this because i'm a child doctor or something like like that joe 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 walking into that bedroom and he's like this isn't your fault you did nothing wrong joe's joe's that enabler yeah that's really Uh, uncomfortable god and like how how quickly he's able to turn on the charm and be like like the suave guy at the party i'm like it's oh my god it's really excellent to have a character like joe there because as far as the context of the film, we are never told about anything Joe specifically did. Mm-hmm. Joe filmed, yep, uh, but Joe didn't necessarily do it. Yeah, but he's he's like this. When you see him in that scene where he's, uh, you know, saying like, you know, this isn't on you, this isn't your fault, that kind of thing. He's a you grime realize, worm. Tongue. You realize like he's even he's an even more toxic thing. Cause he's that, that buddy that he's like, you know, I got you. Like, I'll see you through yeah. all of this. Like, it's not a problem. Because what are consequences? Exactly. Con- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Joe is, is a, a it's a, he, he himself becomes that embodiment of the wider problem of the culture of thinking around it yeah. rather than the person who's committing assault, whether or not I'm sure Joe did at some point, that character seems like someone who would, but in the context of the film, we only see him as that enabler, but he is the grosser representation of the wider idea of that masculinity. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
good movie. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's kind of it's, it's a heavier movie than we normally talk about. Yeah. Um, something that I, I didn't get to read all of this piece, but there's another great piece that's titled uh, "Promising Young Woman is Fantastic Revenge Reality, Not Revenge Fantasy." Mm-hmm. And uh, and what I I interpreted a lot from that is that um, had she gone there and carved Nina into him and gotten away with it and everything, this is a revenge fantasy film. This the the, the turn to have her be murdered and have it come back around on them is such a grim, grim reality. Like her revenge thing ultimately led to such a tragic end for her character as it truly would uh, for anyone pursue. Like it is an unhappy thing. It is not something they, the film doesn't try to glorify her acts against him yeah. in any way, but it does try to give some kind of like, you know, the world's messed up. Here's some kind of sick justice because even though, what she was doing wasn't the right thing to do. The things they did were worse. Mm-hmm. And she and she proved that through the fact that she was murdered by them. Yeah. Which which leads me to wonder, uh, and I think it's a great question that you kind of sit there at the end of the film and you have to think about, did she go there to die? I think she might have went there with, with the expectation. I That's mean, she, I was, she, uh, she absolutely went there with the expectation mm-hmm. of the yeah. possibility. I am wondering... Was it was it more than an expectation of possibility, but a very likely and intended reality uh, that like because and I base this on throughout the film, she gives them several opportunities to change the path, but they make the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, That's true. Uh, she she uh, Christopher Mintz Platt's character and Adam Brody's character both have a constant amount of I should get a cab. I need to go home mm-hmm. da, 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 and they could pick any of those moments and, and that would be the end of it. Yeah. But they don't take it. And that's why she she freaks them out and punishes them. Because if, if she does, even if she just carves something on a dude's chest, like that's the end for her. She's going to jail. So this would have been some type of end. So yeah. had Al had Al broken free of the handcuff, if she kept it loose and chosen not to react in a way that was violent or anything, something where she could just walk away, where some, some amount of a reasonable conversation or something happens. But her expectation is he'll probably kill me for it. Yeah. Doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't Al say, can you loosen this up? This is a little tight. Yeah. This yeah, specifically. Absolutely. But uh, at the same time that, that this part could have been tight and the other part could have been loose. Mm. See what I'm saying? Like, cause it's the, I, I I'm not saying like I, there is no right answer. I don't want there to be a right answer, but I do think it's interesting to think about. She gives those opportunities for the way out. I think she probably still gave Al that opportunity for a way out. Even then, if he hadn't murdered her, she wouldn't have him in the bind she had him in other than the tape. Yeah. But he he murdered her and she clearly knew that was that was a decent possibility of happening. And I don't know how she's that confident of it when she's going in with handcuffs and everything and knows she's drugged everybody else. Yeah. So yeah. I I'd say that on some level it it certainly points to me in a direction like she she was pretty well aware um i think i think that it would happen i think that's a good possibility i also think it's just like a um what's it called just in case a just in case thing yeah like no absolutely yeah. and i and both reads can exist side by side but yeah. i i i i kept thinking about it after we finished the film because it just all the evidence of her character beforehand leads me to go i don't think that that is just a you know, in the off chance that I don't come back kind of thing. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of elements to, to Len Crean's too. She, she knew that her murder would really take him down. Also, like, the whole thing is like... Because what will the tape do? That the murder will do more. Yeah. Um, Molly Shannon, the, uh, the Nina's mom, 
It's like you need to let it go. So like her dying would be the best way to let it go. Right. Yeah. And I mean, she goes there. She goes there with Nina's heart on. She leaves the Cassie one with her with her coworker, mm-hmm. with her friend. Like it's there's a lot of intention there that feels. Some of the text messages just feel way more weighted in like. I, I think I'm not saying she was 100% like she, you know, she didn't yeah. make it so that he murdered her or anything, but that she was more confident it was probably going to happen. Yeah. And I think that does lend an idea of like, he, did he really break free of that handcuff um, or did, did it loosen? Yeah. Uh, because she wanted it to. I like that read. It's a good read. Um, because that's, that's the ultimate revenge and she knows it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that. That's the whole thing is that she knows it. Um, and they're all going down, but now. it's, but it's not, but it's not, uh, it's not triumphant in its finale. It, it also like it's, it's bittersweet. It also feels like more sad if like she goes in knowing she's gonna die. Yeah. Um. Like, like oh well, like that's that's the end. Like I am gonna die. I'm like I don't know if I think I'd rather be. She kind of went in just like hoping she wouldn't die. I mean, like you, yeah. you got you got both reads exist. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But, it's cool that like the movie does that too. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's it leaves it, it leaves it like in the dark a little bit. I I genuinely couldn't tell you which read I prefer. Yeah. I just I just have been thinking about it and trying to yeah. trying to see which one i really feel like it those text messages are feels very in final. existence yeah. I, again like i just keep going back to like you know she just she really hammers home giving all those options and i don't know that she would have gone in and not given him any yeah um i think he would have had that opportunity to like you know he could have broken free i think ryan but not reacted ryan's violently. betrayal was the final straw i do think yeah. so i like that's obviously the thing that triggers the snapback is is seeing him in that videotape and everything that just you know all of it's broken at that point Mm-hmm. um wonderful performances uh i i love they do such a good job of making you want to be charmed to ryan um while watching everything else happen oh, uh, huh it worked i was thinking that ryan was like the one good person and then once we get the video it's like uh no he's not yeah and uh but see here i'll even say this like i'm not the fan obviously i'm not the fan of anything anyone did in that video if you're at a party and you see something gross, that was seven years ago. If you were like, I'm not defending that, but that was seven years ago. If Ryan handled it better, it also could have been a different situation. Well, but like, Ryan resorted back you know to what? it. I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up because I was yeah. thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. He even says it was a mistake when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that person anymore. If he had handled that better, I think he would have, I think at least in the audience's eyes, maybe not in Carrie Mulligan's, but she, yeah. he would have come off better. Uh, because he is a different person but he reverted to that attack of like this will ruin me if i'm accused of this or whatever no i mean like that's that's the whole thing is that um that is the whole thing is that i i don't think that she would have wanted to continue dating him but i think she could have forgiven him yeah if you have the remorse that alfred molina's character has if you have the i have thought about this this has weighed on my mind i have changed as a person because of thinking about this but that's that that is not the reaction if al had had that reaction again like that's the opportunity that is the opportunity of his choice if he behaved differently yeah she might not have punished him um but it it's the it's it, it is that not not being willing to take responsibility for it which i think is the key thing like you know it, it is trying to just brush it off as because this is something we hear in the media all the time this is something that came up with the brett kavanaugh hearing that that you know it's very famously like you know we were young yeah you know we're very young and, and like everyone who defends brett kavanaugh around that is like even if it is true how can we criticize a guy for being in high school being young being drinking like that's not you can't do that you can't just lug all that out and it's like 
where's the line then? Um, and, and I do think it, it is all about what amount do you take responsibility for, even if you are not the person who committed an act of, of something gross, but was yeah. a witness to it and didn't say anything, or I mean, was a supporter yeah. of it and didn't do anything different. And at what point do you do you recognize that in yourself or do you just latch into, that wasn't my fault, I, that's not on me. Yeah. Uh, and and that's very much what Ryan is in that moment, is is that that gross backlash. It hurt me so much when he called her a failure. And I'm yes. like, God, no, yeah, I her, thought you were the one. Her, her too. Yeah, her, her too, where yeah. she's like, oh, nice, cool. Yeah, man, that was such, yeah. Carrie Mulligan's so good. Like, she this, is, she's this is one of those things where I'm like, I want to find some more Carrie Mulligan movies. Because like, I, I don't even know the last movie I saw her in, to be honest. Like, it's been a while, I feel like. Yeah. She's good. Um, Anything else, or? Yeah, I think um, I like we kind of briefly touched on it, but I do think the crowbar scene is rather genius um, mm-hmm. because, as Ryan and I said, it's it is it is what appears again in a revenge fantasy. It, it would be the snapping point, the the like true hardcore snapping point, and she goes off the deep end. But it's the snapping point that goes in the reverse, which you don't get a lot in these kind of films, where she goes, "This is too much. This is just this. I'm clearly I've gone too far. I need to turn in a different direction." This is this is more than I want, and it's only that video that pushes her. That video and Ryan being in it that pushes her 100% in the in the negative direction of it, mm-hmm. on it, where she just can't let it go. Um, yeah, uh, I I really just like all the portrayals of that. Um, I I love the way I really love the scene of her just staring at the cat calling construction workers until they get. Man, <laughs> they get mad and irritated and bored and have to yeah. leave. <laughs> like I think that's just really good. This this movie also has uh like a lot of these really beautiful shots and like good cinematography for a movie that's kind of just about people. Wonderful, like, wonderful color. Yeah, um, vivid color. The parents have a crazy fucking weird house. Excuse my language, sorry. Like, but it's like all like pink and weird and like, it's like a bunch of animals. Like cheap. No, I, was, yeah. I was telling Fanny when we were watching because Fanny and I watched this movie together. And when we got to the living room where Madison brings the cell phone, I was like, "Why is this room giving me Umbridge vibes?" The, the, oh, yeah. the, the interior of the house doesn't match the exterior of the house. Yeah, it's very like, it's, like as far as like aesthetic goes, not like layout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole that whole room is just like high Victorian, bright pink. It's like, ow, my eyes. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely like a grand grandparents' home. Definitely mm-hmm. something you'd see in like Downton Abbey. Oh. Anyway, uh, anything else want to get into, or we think that we're wrapping no, up? No, just, I just I really enjoyed. I thought they did an excellent job. Uh, Emerald Fennel did an excellent job writing and directing this. Um, I think that it's vividly a treat to watch uh, for such a simplistic film, uh, as far as like you know uh, what you're seeing visually on screen. Um, you know, they uh, like again. I go back to color. Color is used so well and so often. Uh, throughout the film, oh yeah, which is just really nice, especially in independent smaller films. Um, you love to see that, and this is one of those. Um, yeah, I just I I like everything that I had to say. Uh, I I think I I guess I need to spend more time thinking about it mm-hmm. still, but I, I overall I'm in a very positive place about it. Do you want to rate it? Yeah, you go first. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I really really like it. Cool. Ben? Um, my final thoughts for this movie, this is definitely a film I feel that should be brought up in in like maybe college courses. This is definitely a watch and discuss sort of film. Um, 
because of all the the stuff that it tackles pretty much like when women get acute when women, women accuse a guy of raping in the school or the faculty school faculty work whatever you have it says okay yeah we'll run it through and then nothing happens of it like no one they'll just like oh but how can we ruin this young man's life or something that may or may not have happened or this is definitely a film that is very teachable and it's also, I mean, to me, it's kind of also a bit of a warning where it's like, hey, don't mess up and or else someone can come and get, it'll bite you in the ass. Maybe not as extreme as, um, maybe not as extreme as like someone dying, but it can bite you in the ass one way or another. Um, I wouldn't say don't mess up, but don't be a huge raging asshole because people yeah. mess up. That's fine. Yeah, don't yeah. don't film uh, a drunk girl getting raped, maybe. Yeah, yeah don't do that. That's. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a difference. Yeah, um, I think I think also like Ben, you bring up a great point. Like it is good for like college course discussion, but it's, it goes beyond just like you know the rape accusations. It's like it's good for just like male to female interactions. Like mm -hmm. what what are your what are your intentions? What what are you conveying? What what are you even not aware you're conveying in the way that you use your language? Like we said, like the the moment with the makeup thing. Like mm -hmm. there are ways to, to self evaluate where you're where you're displaying those kind of like hostile behavioral patterns that we aren't always picking up on yeah. um and it's like when uh, bo, I, like when bo burnham is outside his apartment it's like oh you do you want to come up yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um that aside i think this film is awesome i kind of feel that this deserves a nom in some in some way shape or form i think carrie mulgan was amazing as cassie i loved her um i know bo burnham from some of his stand-up as well and i thought this was a very reserved bo burnham and i really dug it i liked it i was like damn this guy can act that's awesome um all in all i could this definitely this is a 9.5 out of 10 this is a great film i love it uh 8.5 from me sparks yeah i'd give it a nine um yeah. i'm i'm really comfortably pleased i i definitely want you on it for a while longer like i said there's still all these pieces i'd like to read i highly encourage people to read like definitely read what women are saying about this movie where you can because uh it, it's very important to like hear their voices over men's in this case especially yeah. um so definitely i encourage that but i'm glad we, i'm glad we got to watch it and talk about it because like i it, i think it's a really special cool film to come out right now i i'm really glad that this this exists that it's out in this moment and i'm glad that we get to bring some more uh eyes to it what 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 genre is this movie thriller it's a thriller yeah because like it's not it ain't horror it's not horror but it's not a it's not really it's dramatic but not a drama i guess thriller yeah in some, in some ways it's say, tra tragedy yeah i must say when the orchestra started playing britney spears's toxic when she was walking up to the cabin love that part yeah i that, they used it in the trailer and i was i was shocked and happy to hear it actually in the movie because yeah. uh it rips it's good uh okay so that'll that's that so let's get into our book club sounds good wandavision prequel let's do it <laughs> okay sparks it's your book club take it away it is my book club. I uh, picked Vision by Tom King. Do you have the artist on hand? Gabriel Walta. Thank you, Gabriel Walta. Uh, I look, have, at this, look at this beast. Yes, uh, it is a 12-issue series, uh, much like Mr. Miracle, which we did half of at one point. Um, this is actually, this was the first thing Tom King, one of the first things yeah. Tom King wrote professionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is really good. Uh, I, I really wanted to check this out, obviously, because of WandaVision. Mm -hmm. um and i had not read it myself uh but i'm really glad i did um i didn't realize like for some reason in my mind 
I felt like this book had been around longer than it had been. Um, uh, but I, you know, I'm reading it and I'm seeing the black, uh, the, the Falcon, Captain America and the Lady Thor. And I'm yep. like, oh, this is way more recent than yeah, I no, thought it was. I thought this was like, no, like, like 2010 or something. No. Nah, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty recent, but I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, this is a cool narrative all about Vision trying to force out a suburban family uh, in his world to exist uh, by creation um, and that kind of not working out so good. Um, yeah. I think this book uh, is fantastic. Uh, I, I, this is the book that made me a Tom King fan. Um, I bought the number one, not really knowing what it was. Uh, and then it exploded in popularity. So luckily I got that number one sign. So that's, that's probably worth something. Um, sure. This is definitely like, like we talked about with WandaVision, like I'm a Twin Peaks guy. I love really weird, surreal shit. Like um, this, this is, this is WandaVision at a 10. I, I, I really love this book. I think this is one of the best books Marvel's put out in a long time. I really do. Um, it's just so bold and it's, it's direction and it's choice. And this, again, this is before, a lot of these types of books were around like this really was the first one to really do this like uh like let's subvert everything about this character and rewrite it because who who really cares mm -hmm. um and i think it works i would think it works 100 percent of the way of all the tom king books like this is the one i have the least problems with to be honest sure um this is my my second or third time reading this book uh I, I, this is definitely my favorite thing that tom king has ever written um i really one of the things that really strike me when I'm reading it is how standalone it feels, especially now. Uh, it doesn't feel like it necessarily needs to fit in the Marvel universe at this time. Because it does feel so totally different from everything else that's happening. And yes, all these characters show up. But it does feel like it's ancillary to it. And I think that kind of adds to the longevity that this book will receive. Because you could just pick it up and not know anything about Marvel continuity or Marvel continuity at the time. Unlike, say, with like Captain America or with like Thor's or whatever. This yeah. is this feels wholly like almost independent. And it gives you all of the information about Ultron and his weird family, all his different family members, um, in a nice truncated way that like gives you just enough so you know the characters. Yeah. 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 This um, I haven't read a whole lot of Tom King. I mean, kind of, I'm kind of bummed because I got Batman Catwoman on my desk right now to for me to read, which I need to pick up, which I need to start reading. Your angel of death is upon you. I know. Did that issue two come out soon? The came, sure came out right. this week. I need to get that then. Or is it cup? Yeah, I need to get that. Uh, side tangent. Um, this because Vision was one of those characters that I didn't I didn't know existed until the movies came out. Like I remember when Brand showed me the uh, concept art for that he got at Comic Con uh, the years a few years before uh, or the year before Ultron came out, and he pointed that he's like that's Vision. I'm like who's Vision? He's like you don't know who Vision is. And then he told me who he was, and he's like oh that 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 guy. I gatekeeped. Oh no. No 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 no. You, you How dare you not know who Vision is? Brandon, you were not gatekeeping. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Vision Vision is like the, I remember like the first. You know, we have Captain America Thor Iron Man, but Vision was the first like MCU character to be like, oh, they're doing it. Oh, they're yeah. going stupid. Cool. It is the floating thing, man. They they introduced Vision before they introduced Hank Pym. Oh, what a world. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with um so with most of my knowledge of Vision coming from the films and and a little bit of the comic stuff, like I read Vision, like I knew he was married to Scarlet Witch thanks to Avengers vs. X-Men and uh and some, a few other books here and there that point to it. 
this book was a shot was like a shot of adrenaline and like here's something that you would never expect because i was because of all the stuff i have read vision he spoke more human he didn't speak like a robot and then three pages in it's like vision gave up his emotions and then in this whole book him his family well, him, his wife, they're speaking like like machines, like you would expect uh Android to like talk. a Tom King character. Ooh. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> I don't that doesn't offend me because I don't believe it. Yeah. I really enjoyed reading this. I mean the twist and turns this would make like the second the Grim Reaper showed up and stabs Viv, I was like, oh shit. We're going that route because it's first... so real quick. I'm sorry, you talked about the Grim Reaper stabbing Viv. Viv is a, is a really great point of what I was saying about how uh, this book feels like it should it's independent because Viv ends up in the champions, and that's just wild to think that this book had repercussions, yeah, because it feels so like just ancillary, just alone, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. So you get like the Grim Reaper stabbing Viv, and then you get Virginia killing the grim reaper and like oh hey don't tell your dad <sighs> yeah but don't tell your father. virginia virginia is so sad man yeah so oh. sad and tragic and and so twin peaks yeah. in her in her downfall um it's it's beautiful in its unhappiness uh i think my favorite stuff is is the victor mancha stuff because it's so it is so heartbreaking um this guy because Victor Mancha is not a character I, I I relate like or know very much about. Like I, I read him in Runaways, but that was so many years ago at this right. point. Um, but like this guy who like was destined to be like the destroyer of worlds, and then like he he like he became an Avenger, and like he's trying to help his brother, and like ends up killing his his. He's his addicted nephew. to vibranium. Yeah, like like all that stuff is 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 just so good. All the stuff that they bring in with Wonder Man, Wonder Man, and and Scarlet Witch, like that one issue. Like I I just think I think this book does like stuff mm. with family stuff. That not many Marvel books ever really do. That, like it's so it's so it's so full of heart and real family sadness. That Scarlet Witch issue does an incredible job of of just taking you through and and making you connect with everything that's happening and and what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really great. Um, Gabriel Walsh is currently do, uh, Gabriel Walter. Sorry, is currently doing Barbalian. I highly recommend that book. Yes. Um, Agatha. Agatha uh, Harkness. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's, she's that's a, who we that's who we all think uh, Captain Han is, right? Absolutely. Agnes, yeah, absolutely. Um, she's a she's a cool presence throughout this book. Yeah, I really like the way they use her. She's like she's like a hol- uh, like a like a, a ghost the whole time, or like a, what's it called, like an astral projection. When you, when you see her, you see her with the cat. Yeah, and then and then she turns to that that astral projection later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just I just thought that was cool. Uh, I just like the way that she was utilized. Yeah, and again, she 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 has a weird weird relationship with Wanda. Like she mm-hmm. was her mentor, then she became like a villain and an anti-villain, and now she's like helping the Avengers because li- nobody wants the world to end, whether you're good or bad. Um, <clears throat> again, I, like like all the stuff like just the way Vision talks, and it's just like, did you hear me? Do I need to raise my vocal presence? Uh, like all that the, shit, dude. The uh, the part where he's replaying his son trying to get his attention while he's on the Avengers oh. call with the eyeball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you hear him, he hears himself saying, I told you, I couldn't hear that. I'm very busy on the call. I told you about, and vision just sitting in that moment. And you're like, Oh man. Yeah. Um, so this no. whole book, this whole book does introduce the idea that vision is going to destroy the world in some way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but Virginia sees that too and stops it. 
that's right. yeah again like they're, they're ending it's like it's so beautiful and sad she's like you know you've saved the world 37 times and i got to save it once right and like because she stopped him and i'm like yeah. i i do i do think it's i i don't think it's a problem but i do see people don't like how at the very end how quickly oh she rewired him once or twice and when he was sleeping blah 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 like that's that's the reveal uh i don't have a problem with that i think it's fine he's a robot well, I didn't think of it as a reveal. I thought it was she was lying so that the police wouldn't suspect him in any wrongdoings. No, she she fixes him so he can't. So his his memories yeah, are she altered. Messed, she messed with his memories. Yeah, multiple. I'm gonna times. I'm gonna find the, I'm gonna find the quote because I think that's not exactly the case. Um, keep going though. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that reveal where Virginia. The the reveal we were talking about earlier when Virginia goes on where she says like, "Oh yeah, I've done this." Um, like when she confesses confesses to the poli- to uh, Detective Lynn, I was I was like, oh damn. Uh, Brandon, I don't think you need to look for it because at the very end of their conversation, Vision's like, I'm gonna go tell the police that I lied to them, and she's like, No, you won't. Um, no, no, no. That's, that's, there's a longer, there's a different quote. Keep going oh, okay. though. I'll, I'll find it. Go ahead, Ben. Um, anyway. Yeah, because that that reveal didn't bother me at all when she's where she says that she like fixed the memory or something. Um, just the whole dynamic, it kind of I feel because while I was reading this, I was like, man, this is kind of like Shakespeare in a way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so here, so so here, here it is. She says, "I uploaded my confession to the police to sh- to our share file. Have you accessed it yet? I have." Uh, you must know your death will be wasted. I will, of course, correct your embellishments to the authorities. No, you will not. So I took the embellishment line to say, to hear to think that she had made a false account because we see that she burns the burns the Grim Reaper in the account and not buries her. So I I assumed that the rewiring thing was her another embellishment to get him off the hook. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, she she rewires him because he he is incapable of lying. So she makes it so he can't lie because he doesn't know the truth. No, I'm saying I don't think she actually rewired him. I think that's just the story she's telling. Oh, but he's he's she's, incapable. She's lying. He's incapable. He's incapable of lying though. He could not have been able to do that. Right. She she he the the the, the line. I don't want to read this whole page. But no, I, yeah, it, I, it's not important. It, but I don't. I don't take it. I don't take the the lines of dialogues that she says about the embellishments about the fact that she that that uh, it is implied that she is already faking the story. I don't think she actually rewired him. I think it is just her doing it so that uh, the police will see that confession, the false confession, okay. uh, and not suspect Vision in any wrongdoings because he was rewired. I didn't think that those were the embellishments that that line was referring to, but I can see how you get that read. I don't. I'd have to read it more than once to know how I felt about that. Um, but that's definitely not the takeaway I got when I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe I have like, an idiot then. No, I'm not saying you're an idiot. Not at all. I'm saying I'm saying that uh, I'm saying that I thought that the embellishments were referring to other inconsistencies in the story, but not the rewiring. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I only to Ryan's point, like I, I'm pretty sure they established somewhere else that Vision isn't capable of lying. So I just assumed that was truth. Um, like a sitar. So so she would have had to. So she would have had to have reprogrammed his mind. But either way, like I get, I Brandon, what you explained, like I get how you get that yeah. read. It makes it makes sense to me. I just would have to read it again. Move um, off of that. I think. I, uh, I think that the the scene with Iron Man when they have to revive Viv uh, uh, is great. Uh, he's like Tony Stark. If you push that button, I will kill you. 
And Tony's like, you got it, bud. <laughs> Good luck. He's and then terrible. he reports back to Avengers. It's all fine. Vision's great. Nothing's wrong. He's totally not going to kill us. He's just like, Jesus, Vision, calm the fuck down. Um, something I like that Tom King does in it is where he tells you what's going to happen later with certain characters, like the neighbors. Oh, at the very beginning. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. And so you're like yeah. reading descriptions of like, they will be burning in fire and yeah, he'll wonder yeah. how this happened and she'll wonder why there wasn't anything in the vase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love that kind of stuff. And so you see the house burn later, but you just see it from an outside perspective, but you already have the knowledge yep. of what, what happened in there. Um, the scene, um, uh, uh, the flashback uh, issue with Scarlet Witch, when Vision is, is, is in his white mode, and, and he's like, should I tell the children the truth? And Scarlet Witch is like, well, if you want to be like a real android parent, then you got to tell them the truth. And he's like, cool, so this isn't my body and my brain isn't what it used to be. So I'm not actually your father anymore. Sorry, the truth sucks. And then Wanda's like, you're a monster. But he's like, I told you the truth. Like, well, what do you do? Like, I'm a robot. Um, that stuff's so sad, man. And that's the stuff that like, that WandaVision, like it, we're getting peaks of it a little more and more and more. And I'm like, I, I... I want this show to get really sad, but I'm also really scared if it's going to go that sad. Cause like, I don't know if I can emotionally handle it. I don't want it. It's too sad. <laughs> it's too sad. What happens to these kids and this, and this lady. Um, there is a, um, there is a, a troubling narrative that a lot of people have uh, noticed is that women narratives aren't getting the same um, kind of triumphant ending that men are oftentimes getting bittersweet endings, having to give up something in order to save the world or whatever, and not getting what male narratives get often, which is like, I got the girl and I saved the day. Um, and a lot of people are worried that WandaVision will get to that point. I honestly don't think so. I do think we're coming out of this with two kids and vision. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a little troubling that, so often we're getting a lot of narratives like I have to sacrifice the one thing I want in order to do the right thing. And it's like for women and men aren't getting all that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. But who knows? Um, yeah, I think, I think WandaVision, I think it is different because it's working off only a few years of, of like Scarlet Witch continuity as opposed to like 40 years of Scarlet Witch continuity. So they can really streamline all this stuff and just be like, this is, we don't need to focus on all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's, let's hope. Um, I love the Scarlet Witch issue. Yeah, um, yeah, I really, yeah. I her her breakdown and like the sadness like between them, like that Vision, joke is so funny. Yeah, and then and then it's replayed at the beginning and the end, and she doesn't laugh, and it's just like, oh man, uh, where's the love, guys? Uh, Sparky's a little robot. He's cute. He's a little cutie. Although the Holly gets Sparky, I think is kind of messed up because that poor dog. Uh, it's of course it's messed up. Vision's just like, yep, take the brain of the dead dog. He's gonna take the brain of the dog and just give the kids a dog. Myself, it's like, but but their neighbors though uh i think i think this is a it's very i think this is a very funny book when it's when it's like not trying to be like it's like quirky funny because like vision obviously is like uh just like a robot man um but like when he's he's on the phone with his wife he's like no wife i am listening but i'm also fighting giganto and it's literally a giant splash page of him fighting a giant monster um when one of the uh uh uh, uh agents come to visit his house to talk to him about like a missing kid or a murder or something he's like oh vision it won't take long it'll take maybe just half an hour um can i come in uh and he's like officer that's not that's not what i said to you like uh, uh, or something he's like no i know i know can i i'm coming in your house uh and we're gonna talk about what just happened and vision's like cool this is what humans do Ooh, this is such a good splash page of him yeah. flying through the air there's there's also there's a can you find the splash page uh it's near the end um it's vision against all the avengers but yeah. also simon williams wonder man is also on a movie a movie poster oh, yeah. then they yeah. break into a, they they fight into a movie theater and wonder man's talking to vision in the movie and i'm mm -hmm. like this is some good shit guys oh 
Vision's so strong. He's way too strong. He could kill all those Avengers real easy. <laughs> like, man. He reminds me a lot of the Martian Manhunter, which a lot of people forget that the Martian Manhunter is actually stronger than Superman. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Vision. Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I just think this book's great. Um, this definitely is a, like, like, I don't know if this could could run like an Immortal Hulk for like 40 issues. Um, I really like the 12 issues of, of what we got. Um, me too. Uh yeah, I think I think this was, I think this book's really special. It's um, tight, consistent. You get everything you need with the characters yeah. in it. Yeah, I think I think this is a really special book, and it's and it's no wonder DC saw this book coming out and they swiped up Tom King and they promised him Batman in the world, uh, so he wouldn't work at Marvel, um, which is a shame because uh, you know yeah, I like he was, he was working at DC beforehand because he was doing Grayson. He was because Grayson and Vision were coming out at the same time, and they saw Vision was doing way better, and they were like, "Okay, Tom, do you want Batman number one and like an exclusive billion dollar contract?" And he's like, "Well, I can't say no." We'll also give you Mister Miracle. Can you do Vision again with Mister Miracle? One hundred percent, and then just do that with Rorschach and Batman and Catwoman and all those other books. Um, Strange Adventures, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think this is the best thing Tom King's done. Um, I think I think it is. I think it's very accessible to, to a lot of people. It's not a traditional comic book. Can you um, also do it with Heroes in Crisis? Oh, uh, oops. Nope, never mind. No, you can't. <laughs> listen, listen. After Vision came out, Omega Men became so popular because he did the 12 issue of Mega Men. That, that, book um, is, that book is also awesome. That is very much a, uh, it's a Tom King style book. Like, so it's like this and the other books. But like, that's a, that's another book that'll be a book club one day. That's a hardcore. That's where Kyle Rayner went after Robert Vendetti took over Green Lantern. Yeah. Robert, man, there's like, Big suicide stuff in that book, man. That book is hardcore, man. Um, yeah, highly recommend uh, this vision book to yeah. those who haven't read it. And like, there's so many. I fun, need to read it again. And now that you guys have read it, like, there's so many fun tie-ins that are just, just like, like we saw Grim Reaper, like his bones up in the attic of, of episode two of WandaVision. That's just a fun cameo. Like, I there is 100 a doghouse in one of the episodes of WandaVision with Sparky written on it. 100% I have unfortunately seen I've seen something about that yeah so we know I don't ooh, I don't think we're getting robot kids but we're definitely getting a robot dog uh wild um I do wonder if like maybe we'll we'll just get the the reference and maybe not the dog but I yeah. don't know yeah um I think Agatha Harkness uh is a really cool presence in this book again like I've only read her like in one other comic in like one issue um but like her her presence is really cool it makes me more interested in that character um yeah I just think this is a banger it's a banger of a book yeah all right uh ben it's your book club next week it most certainly is and for once in my life i actually know what we're doing right off the bat so are you guys ready to learn no yeah yeah i love learning i hate learning it's my least favorite thing to do well you're in for a bad time because we're reading the comic book uh, history of video games oh sweet it's my christmas present i'm like first shot it's my book club i told you it was gonna be a future book club hell yeah into it. Um, all right, so stay tuned for that. Um, next week, I think we're doing the 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 John DiMaggio, not John DiMaggio, John Man, <laughs> Joe Manzanello, uh, superhero movie, Arch Enemy. Oh, are we? I are think we? so. I think that's what we decided. We'll figure that oh, out. Hell yeah, I love that guy. I've been watching him play D anD D. Right, if audiences may may have picked this up already, but we're what we're really doing is. Uh, highlighting some movies that we would never we normally wouldn't have if movies would be coming out uh just trying to find like interesting i like it too yeah it's fun um all right so stay tuned for that of course more coming next week um oh get better oh mag thank you oh thanks man get better guys after your incidents and stay safe bye
right. Um, so, of course, we have our other things on YouTube, our other shows on YouTube. If you're watching the live show, make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. If you're watching the video, subscribe to this channel. If you're listening to this, uh, yeah, why not subscribe to the channel? You've all got YouTube pages. Five stars on the Apple Store or whatever. Uh, five, five stars. I'll even take a four star. Um, nothing below. Nothing below. <laughs> um, and he... Uh, we have other shows, obviously. Fake Nerds Watch, uh, which we talked about at the top of the show. We are doing one division. We just decided to do it one episode uh, a week, so you keep more of that. Um, we have our Basement Arcade series, uh, which we've talked about doing some more stuff coming soon, so stay tuned. And our Fake Nerd Book Club series, which will probably start coming back, I think, this week, maybe next, uh, it looks like. Yeah. A little char in the gang. Pokemon. Um, of course, we also have, guys, this pandemic still happening. The president said it. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Wear your mask. Did he say that recently? Yeah. yeah. Damn. I, I guess I got to believe it. Um, well, it's the good. It's the other. It's the new president, not the old one. Oh, cool. I like. I Man, like we it. didn't even talk. Like the inauguration happened. See, when, so it's, nice. when it's like a normal presidency, we don't need to talk about it every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's only been uh, a week. But, hey, if you want to wear a mask, we have masks. We have masks with our logo on it. Like, guys, that's so cool. Links in the description to buy your Crafted by Z exclusive masks uh, for that. If you hey, you also want to get 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 a mask of um, uh, what's the new shirt we got on T Public? It's uh, I, I, uh, I'd I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Yeah, we got a mask of that on it. You want to get that? Go for it. Um, Do it. Of course, Do on T Public, as I just said, we have the new shirt up there right now. Uh, I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Fighting the toxic uh, fandom ness of the true fan mentality. Uh, well, also, kind of a little bit of cheeky branding with us. You know, we're the fake nerds. And that of course, we have. Yeah. And our T Public, uh, which we got the three tiers. Guys, the $10 tier, that's not a bad tier. You can get some cool stuff. Uh, we've been talking to a good friend of ours, and I won't say right, who right now. I'm talking to a good friend of ours, of maybe getting some T Public, uh, some uh, Patreon shirts there. So that'd be cool. Of course, right now you got your your ten dollar tier is the uh, commemorative Mike's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge uh, shirt from LA Comic Con in two thousand nineteen. Wow, wow. One, of the, one of the best days of my life, personally. Very good. That was a good day. And of course, our website www.fakenerdpodcast.com. All the links are in the description below for all of that. So check out those. Thank you. To everyone who watches this live show, thank you to everyone who watches uh, these videos. Thank you to everyone who listens to our podcast. We greatly appreciate all of you. You are dear to us in many, many ways. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci, who has gone above and beyond with all of his musical work, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear all of it. That's true. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. Uh, he has a podcast that we talked a bit about up top called Suburban Proctologist. Uh, so you can check that out at facebook.com slash official. Or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Uh, of course, subscribe to that on iTunes. Uh, give that some love. Mike Matola, Mike. What can be said about Mike Matola that hasn't already been said? Handsome devil. That, well, that's been said. We have talked to him about a new print that I'm beyond elated for. Uh, that could be happening at the end of next month. We'll see. I hope. We'll, we'll see. see. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, 
All right. You can all find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me uh, recovering from a busted foot by playing video games and also writing on Instagram on Instagram and Twitter at BenMaga27. Also, speaking of writing, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Now that I have a bit of time in front of me, I'm probably going to get hopefully at least one, maybe two articles up because what else am I going to do? I need to take a break from video games every once in a while, right? I'm doing, I'm, you're, you're on the typewriter, that's you. <laughs> sparks I had a typewriter once upon a time well my family had a typewriter once upon it's a sparks time turn. <laughs> sparks uh you can find me getting it on till i die at sparks witty on instagram and twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty god that trailer got me so hyped for pacific rim uprising i was so disappointed ryan you were I you could find me defending pacific rim uprising at dj tony stark i'll get it on till i die y'all <laughs> Find me not dying on the wrong hill. All right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music and Podcasts. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next week, guys, stay fake, nerds. Stay fake, nerds.